The Silly Goose Gang Podcast. Yeah. And we are back with episode 57 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast. And it's a real pleasure for me and for Chris to introduce and welcome to our podcast, Will Willis, all the way from the West Coast of America. So, Will, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon, your time. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, this is uh, slightly surreal uh, speaking to yourself. We're looking forward to it, though. This is uh, so... Ali is the the, the big uh, Forza and Fire fan. Um, I, I don't really watch a lot of telly, but I've started to watch because I have an interest now in in, in, uh, in uh, making nice. It's something that I've you know gotten into recently. I like the idea. So, but Ali's uh, Ali's a big fan, and, and Ali's kids are also are also fans. So uh, he's uh, he's super excited for this. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we were. Um, you know, been been paying attention to the, the the internet over the weekend. Uh, you were out at uh, Winter Strong, right? Yes. Uh, so Bert Soren and his father, the that uh, the founder of Soren X Exercise Equipment, they put together a uh, an outdoor um, sort of I don't know gathering, if you will, of uh, of of enthusiasts, ex military hunters. Um, just kind of, uh, you know, bladesmiths and like-minded individuals, people who appreciate the outdoors, getting out, you know, and, and again, hunting firearms. It's all part of that of, of that weekend. And it might be something, I don't know if we do stuff like this in other countries where you get together and you shoot bows and guns and and uh, make knives together, but that that's what it was. And, and um, you know, it's the sharing of information. There was also, you know, classes on how to start fires. And, and I, I had one of the best rifle scope classes that I've ever had. And I spent 15 years in military special operations. And I don't think I had as comprehensive in, in a class on a rifle scope and, and just the general uh, components and how they interact with each other and the shooter. I mean, it was really just good information that caters to a guy like me. And then on top of that, you throw in some exercising and, and a little healthy competition and and then, uh, you know, some drinks at night and some storytelling. And and really, it's a it's an incredible event and you create a certain, you know, a certain sort of a vibe, almost like a tribe or family like vibe where, you know, even the kids are involved in like learning from their parents, learning from other outdoorsmen and out, you know, outdoors women, I guess is what you would call them or, or you know, people who are really into it. And then, um, and uh, it was, you know what, With in the middle of all of this stuff that's going on, I really needed a weekend like that. And it was, <laughs> I had a great time. I got to hang out with Jason Knight. You know, I got to meet some really cool individuals and, and just, you know, from really diverse backgrounds. It wasn't all military. You know what I mean? Yeah. I met two guys that were just construction workers out of, out of uh, Colorado. And I tell you, I mean, they were they were great dudes to talk to. And it turns out that we did have some common ground that I never would have would have uh, guessed that we had. But uh, it, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when me and Ali talked about it, you know, we said, you know, it, lo- it looks like the kind of place where you would like to share a beer with everybody that was there. It just looks yeah. so cool. And, and and that's what it essentially is. I mean, and there's no way to do it. There's no way to share a beer with everybody. And and uh, I stopped uh, I stopped drinking too heavy long. I have like a two beer limit nowadays. <laughs> just just for my own protection, you know what I mean? 
but it, it looked incredible. We were we were joking that it seemed like a, a little mini reunion of some of our greatest hits guests over the last <laughs> year because we had we've had Bert Soren on, obviously from Sornex himself. Uh, we just the episode before yourself, well, we had Pat McNamara on. Okay. Um, we also had Laura Zeron, who was doing some of the fire starting um, mm-hmm. classes, and Ryan Mickler from Order of Man. Uh, right. So it was like we were like following all the stories and mm-hmm. seeing all the people crossing over, and it was like it was like a the Woodstock of cool dudes. Yeah, <laughs> and cool girls, and cool and girls. girls. Sorry, yeah, yeah. girls. It was my first time going. Uh, I actually got invited by way of Neil Kamamura, who's a, a bladesmith out of Hawaii. And, you know, me and him, when we met, there was just something, we just became brothers, like right away, just something about his background, my background, and the and the mutual respect for one another, even though we came from, you know, completely different places. Uh, it really just kind of sank in. And he, he kind of, by way of Neil, like Bert got in touch with me, called me, invited me, and uh, and it was my first time. So I didn't know what to expect. You know, some of the stuff that I was expecting was true. You know, there's a lot of khaki pants and hiking boots. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, but then other stuff was really unexpected. You know what I mean? Like uh, the competition, the quality of, of instruction that was there, you know, the quality of of uh, of uh, of uh, products, you know, because people do come and they and they show off their products. You know, Black Rifle Coffee was there, you know, and if you know anything about Black Rifle Coffee, you know, the huge supporters of the veterans community and stuff like that. So so, you know, I really liked the entire experience. It was it was quite enjoyable yeah i slept yeah. in my car for two days because at the airport i was like i'm ditching this tent you know and i have to say as well and i know ali agrees with this when we spoke to bert it's just an absolute sweetheart of a man uh and the first first person to who, to send us stuff he said yeah I'd, you know I'd, I'd like to send you a t-shirt so he sent us t-shirts we were like Holy shit! This is really fucking cool. So yeah, yeah we we love Bert, uh, an absolute diving of a human being. Um, One of the warmest and most welcoming guys you yeah. know I've ever met. And when you talk about like an alpha male, you know what I mean. A lot of people think that they're alpha males because there's a they're the loudest, toughest guys in the group. That's not what it is. That's you know an alpha male brings order and kind of peace to the group. And when you listen to Bert talk and he talks about what you know winter strong is and what it represents man it's really like it it really it brings a chill to your to your to your skin a little bit you're just like okay this is what i'm talking about this guy's got it it's all about community it's all about elevating one another it's all about supporting one another and uh and and that's how things should be in the world you know yeah 100% agree yeah i guess that's um i would say that's something that you, you know cuz from doing these podcasts, you know, spoke to so many different people that one of the things that we have learned, I'd say, you know, mostly from, from you know, whether it was UK or US uh, military guys, is, um, the, the you know, the humbleness, sort of like a quiet confidence instead of, like you say, not being, you know, tattooed up and jacked and on steroids. And, and that's not, you know, the alpha male. The alpha, like you're saying, the alpha male is... You know, uh, the, you know, you know I'm professional. I, I don't yeah. consider myself an alpha male. I consider myself a clown. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm a guy 
that wants to laugh and have as much fun as possible before I die. You know what I mean? Like, that's me. I'm the guy that's like, okay, man, here comes Will. He's going to tell us something fucking entertaining right now. So, like, you know what I mean? Nobody expects me to roll into the room a lot of times and be the authority figure, though I, uh, though I am perfectly capable and have on multiple occasions. But it's like a switch flips, and it's almost shocking to people. You know what I mean? That I can just like pop into that mode and then pop right back out of it. You know what I mean? And then I'm just laughing and joking around again. I'm not an alpha. And I'm, 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 I'm something else, you know? And, uh, and so like when I meet a guy like Bert, you know, you talk about the, the kind of person that you want to be, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to be Bert Soren by any stretch of the imagination, but I see some attributes there that I admire. And I'm like, okay, if I were to be in that same position, that's how I wish I could conduct myself. Would it come off exactly the same? No, because you're still going to be yourself at the end of the day. But yeah. but it's just like that's a great example to set for for anyone who wants to be in a leadership position. And yeah, he's I guess leader. I guess yeah. uh, I guess you know what the way I was probably trying to put it was you know the way that these guys carry themselves is probably what I was trying to say. I've been hitting, I've been hitting the head a lot, well. You know, I'm pretty fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> but that's what I was trying to say was the way that people carry themselves. That's how I was. That's what I meant. Uh, but I went yeah. the wrong way. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not always the guy that's like beating his chest. Yeah, it's yeah. Alpha, you know what I mean? He, he's he's an enforcer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So the way that Ali introduced me to, to you. Let's say I don't, you know, <laughs> Ali's, Ali's the big, uh, the big, uh, the big TV fan. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, so Ali sent me as we do most, most, most of the time it's sending memes or videos. And, you know, he sent me a video where you were pissed because somebody had said something on the internet and you made a video and, you know, he sent it to me going, you'll like this. And uh, I can't remember what was the video, Ali. It was, it, I think, and again, I'm going back a little bit, but I think it was just after the stimulus checks had came out in the states, maybe a month, six weeks ago. And you had posted well about the fact that you know there's businesses that can't open and they've had no money for X amount of months, and this is what they've turned up with. And you were talking about how the fact that you'd been you tried to get funding for something that had been shut down because they were basically backing businesses that would fail because it was government back. So it was basically yeah. playing with the house's money. And yeah. someone who someone had commented on your status and said, like, all you all you veterans are Yal Qaeda. And I'm getting the pronunciation wrong because I'm a Scottish. Yeah, that's my <laughs> Scottish accent. There's the clash there. And that was the video I sent to Chris to say, we need this guy on the podcast. <laughs> well, look, man, here's the thing. Uh, the American people are quick to give veterans the lip service. You know what I mean? Thank you for your service. You know what I mean? You know, on Veterans Day, they enjoy their fucking day off and, and they drink their beer and, they, and, and, you know, they might watch the big red one on, on uh, Turner Classic Movies. Who knows? Uh, you know, on Memorial Day, you know, again, they enjoy their their holiday weekend. They drink their beer, and, and and it's all lip service. But but the reality is, is that you know, it, it seems like veterans are veterans' biggest supporters. You know what I mean? That and that's the truth. Veterans are veterans' biggest supporters. Veterans are veterans' biggest advocates. Veterans and their families, I should say. And uh, and if you're not a veteran or a family member of the veteran, then you couldn't possibly understand, you know, what it is to to serve in that capacity. And, and it's not the American people fault, people's fault. You know what I mean? There are a lot of Americans who don't serve, whose parents 
where maybe your grandparents served and, and they've got a healthy respect for the military, but they don't want a fucking military parade. Mm. Oh my God, that, that sounds crazy. Like a military parade, like well, that's nuts. In Savannah, Georgia, every year on 4th of July, uh, first Ranger Battalion used to march in the parade. I don't know if they still do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it, it seems like there's been this shift away from like what people think the military is for. It's we're not just here to create freaking movies about stuff that happened in some land that you've never even imagined visiting. Yeah. You know what I mean? The American the American military is deployed in support of U.S. foreign policy that's created by the freaking lawmakers that you vote into office. So for each and every military death that there has been during the course of conflict, each and every single American has blood on their hands because you could have who can vote anyway, because you could have voted in either direction, you either voted for it, you vote against it. And I'm talking about the people who create the policies. And if you're not paying enough attention to the policy that keeps American soldiers deployed, then maybe you need to. You know what I mean? And and I, I don't know who said it, but somebody said it way better than I could. It's the warrior who wants peace the most because it's the warrior who has the most to lose by going to war. But it's also the warrior who will go to war in support of those who won't go for themselves you know what i mean so like so when somebody like this guy this fella you know comes on and and here's the thing it was a message for me about small businesses keeping small businesses open you know what i mean because some of this stuff that's going on in the world is hypocritical it's counterproductive you know what i mean uh you know and 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 there's been a, a wedge driven between people into, you know, now it's not black or white or race. Now it's anti-masker, masker, left, right, liberal, conservative. You know what I mean? Now there's all these imaginary lines being drawn between people outside of the, what I like to say, the, the color of our candy coated shell. You know what I mean? <laughs> M&Ms, you know what I mean? That are going to get eaten. And I've, I say this all the time. We're all M&Ms getting eaten by time. Do you think time cares what color the M&M is? Hell no. Does he separate, you know, all the yellow ones and eat all the yellow ones and then and then all the orange ones and eat all the orange ones? No, he just freaking randomly picks and chooses. Nobody gets to pick how they go. out. Anyway, getting back to my point, getting back to my point, this guy, you know, called veterans or referred to me and other veterans as Yal Qaeda which is exactly, you know, the terrorist organization that all of my homies who have lost their lives have been fighting against, you know, all of my military, you know, miserable bastard brothers and sisters, you know what I mean? They're all over there fighting, you know, Al Qaeda and other terrorist organizations. And, uh, and to parallel a veteran in the United States who, who's gone to war to fight against this threat, that attacked us first, let's be real, to fight against this threat and nullify this threat and, 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 and to enforce the foreign policy that the American people have created for themselves. You know, to, to call us the Al-Qaeda was disrespect on, on, on the, uh, at the highest level, I think. You know what I mean? And, and here's the thing. I, I said something the other day where uh, I, I have respect for the warrior spirit. It runs through everybody. You think that it doesn't run through the, your enemy? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Okay. It's just as prevalent in every other culture as it is in American culture. I can respect that they're fighting for their 
beliefs and stuff like that. And that they have the support of people behind them as well, or they don't, you know what I'm saying? But, but, um, for somebody who's supposed to be on our side to, to, to parallel us to, to, to that sort of thing was really uh, offensive to me. And, and I had a lot to say about it. I had a lot to say about it. And a lot of people, a lot of people noticed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it got, uh, it got the attention of, uh, uh, fucking moron in scotland so you know <laughs> there was a there was a there was a win in there right um, but, you know, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it's a win because because in reality you know my reaction to that it, we come back to you know being an a-type personality or being an alpha personality you know i mean i could have just blew the guy kisses and said i'm sorry you feel that way but for me you know i think that a lot of times people in my position who do have a large followership from people that they don't know, uh, we get verbally or, or I wouldn't, I don't know what you call it. We get just attacked yeah. for no reason, man. And, and I'm talking like, I hope your wife and baby dies, you know, that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and I'm not the type of guy who's not going to snap back. I'll, I'll crack back. Let's play this game. Let's do the dance. You know what I mean? If that's what you want to do, let's do the dance because I can write too. I can write too, and I can Google too, and I can look up stuff too. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. So, yeah. So, what, at what point, right? So, like, at what point when somebody says something like to you, you know, I, you know, I hope your wife and baby die. Like, at, at what point? Well, I turned off my, when that happened. I turned off my comments for a long time, and I didn't post anything for a long time. I had a big break where I was like, I'm not going to post anything. You know what I mean? Because the day after that happened, and I'm a spiritual guy, the day after that happened, my wife's car got totaled in her own neighborhood, driving down a neighborhood street. And she's pregnant. You know what I mean? Some woman backed her car into the into the side of my wife's car, broadsided her. And so for me, that's all like what my wife would call nephis. You know what I mean? It's all it's all like bad energy. You know, so uh, so we kind of turned the comments off. I stopped uh, I stopped dealing with it. And I, I put a lot of thought into how I would uh, engage these sorts of uh, situations in the future. And my wife's answer is to is to just block, just block them, just delete it and block them. And and some of it I will if it's if it's outright just gross, grotesque or whatever, I'll, I'll just delete and block. I mean, it, that's somebody who needs to, who, who needs as somebody seeking negative attention. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you're seeking negative attention, and if if I were to respond to that, you know, you're just feeding it, and everybody knows this. Everybody knows this, but still, like, there, it it really does depend on what the subject matter is. You attack me, and I'll freaking come back on you, but don't shift fire left or right. Yeah, like the things that I love. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's a point where. You know, maybe somebody is so obviously me and Ali don't get don't get any any hate because you know they fucking loves us, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> you know, we <laughs> you know nobody gives us any hate. Out. You know, but then there's like a point where somebody may say something, you may post something, and and I you know like somebody may say something about whatever it is, you know, whatever you're doing that day or a workout, and you may go, okay. This guy's just a bit of an asshole, but it's not. But somebody says, "I hope your wife and baby die." Like that's yeah. so far past their, the light. Yeah, like, to illustrate their point in, in an argument, you know, in a conflict. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, I, and here's the thing, man. Like, you can say whatever you want. You you really do. Like, here in America, man, I believe that you should be able to say whatever you want to say about anything, about any subject. Uh, and you can, but should you? <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. you say whatever you want to say all the time, or she maybe think about your audience, think about whether or not it's the right thing to say, think about the repercussions for the things that you say, because you can, you can say whatever you want to say, but nobody wants to admit that maybe there are repercussions when they're wrong. You know what I mean? And that's our biggest problem, I think. And nobody wants to say, all right, you know, we were wrong about yeah, something yeah. nowadays. Do you also think as well? With, with, let's call them assholes for want of a better phrase, assholes like that, that they would never, ever, ever in a month of Sundays come up to you in a parking lot or a mall or anywhere and say that to your face. Not, so, you know, so, so, so it disconnects that no. threat of. I don't want to say no, that would never happen because it's like daring a psychopath to freak <laughs> you. You know okay. I, mean? I don't want to say no. Let's just say that I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the difference, though, because at least, and I, and I know this is going to sound crazy, you would almost have a small amount of respect for someone that came up and said to your face, "Well, you're a fucking asshole, and I hope something bad happens." Did it? Did it? You'd be like, yeah. "Okay, let's let's go, let's talk about that nose to nose, mano a mano." Yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas if you say it across the internet on a message, like "fuck yeah. you," well, yeah. Um, well, that's, where, that's, that's where all that trolling and, and again, it's a, it's all about attention. You know, I mean, there are so many people locked in at home that aren't getting the attention that they want right now. You know, they're, they're just going out into the social media land and, and creating attention where there maybe was none before. I mean, I've never seen uh, such a, a huge influx of entrepreneurship, you know, towards you know, I don't even I don't know how to make money off social media. Like I don't, I've never made a dime off social media. I've got a video on YouTube that's got 7 million freaking views, and I've, I've never seen a dime of that money. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it is. So, uh, so like, but there's been, like, this huge influx of, of these people. So more people are, are starting to look at uh, social media and, like, the commenting and stuff like that. It's becoming a, a lot more prevalent way of people communicating. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to know the truth about somebody – and how they feel, follow their comments on other people's social media. 100%. No, I I could... Somebody's the sweetest person in the world, and you start following their comments on social media or or stuff like that, and it turns out they're a freaking nasty individual. You know what I mean? I mean, recently, uh, you know, most recently, I I never leave comments on people. I never leave any bullshit comments on, on, on anybody's posts, but, you know, recently... I think it was one of the Paul brothers, you know, what Logan or Jake, whatever one it was, and you know, you know, doing this, you know, YouTuber boxing shit, and and you know, he was, he was, I can't, he was, I think he was like, you know, criticizing Conor McGregor, and I'm not, I'm not a Conor McGregor, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Conor McGregor fan, but um, he was, he was talking shit about Conor McGregor and his family, and like I seen myself on Instagram, and I was typing something out, and I went. I'm not one of those fucking people, and I deleted it because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not fucking. But I was so close to commenting, like, yeah, whatever it was, and then I was like, I have to delete this because I, I am yeah. only feeling the beast. This is fucking stupid. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I was able to stop myself, so I'm, and I'm not that moronic. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the the guy contacted, you know, with with the 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 
incident in question. The guy reached to me on the backside and he was like, oh my God, this is what's happening to me right now. You know, people are coming after me. I have to shut down my social media and all that. And I'm like, well, those are part of the consequences yeah. for what you say and do. You know what I mean? Like here I am and, and I'm, look, I let people into my house every day. You know what I mean? Like I, pretty much every day, people are in my house. You can see my life. You see how I live my life. I, I'll tell you how I think, how I philosophize. Uh, I will tell you everything that there is to know about me, but I'm a pretty fucking open guy. And then and then you come at me knowing who I am and how uh, transparent I am with my life. And you do those sorts of things. You're going to pay consequences for that. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows what you did was wrong because everybody knows that it wasn't a mask thing or a freaking left or right thing. What I was talking about was small business. And I even brought it back to your point, Alistair, where I went to get a small business loan and they weren't backing any of that stuff, just a paycheck protection program. They weren't doing any small business loans, a major bank, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and that's what I was talking about, uh, you know, mm. and, and to bring it back to this masking thing and and to and, and then to pepper in the Al Qaeda on top of that one, you were off base to begin with. And you, and you started with like anti-maskers are fucking idiots. Really? All of them, all of them, all of them, because I know doctors, they're pretty anti-mask. You know what I mean? I'm not anti-mask. I will wear my mask, but I also know it's an illusion. It's a facade. I'm wearing it to please the, the individuals who are a little bit more scared of what's going on, but also for it's for peace of mind. That's why I'm wearing it. It's, it's not because I believe that, that the mask, that piece of cloth that I have on my face is working. I don't believe that because I take it off, I put it on, take it off, put it on. I'm breathing on it. It's wet. It's soggy. And I, I'm constantly shifting it with my hand and then I'm touching other shit and me being a medic. I know that's how viruses spread. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they see other people touch the same stuff I'm touching and they're adjusting their mask and touching their face. Sterility only works in the hospital in short periods of time, yeah. short periods of time. And if we're not wearing gloves, there's only one guy I've seen doing it right. I took a picture of him at the grocery store. He had a freaking plastic egg on his whole head and was wearing latex gloves. I'm like, that's the only guy that I've seen doing it right. I mean, the egg is, but it had like fans and shit whirring in it. I was like, that's the only guy that's even trying to do it right. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. hilarious? So isn't it hilarious that it's, it's those people who have like the full fucking NASA space helmet on? And there was look at a guy who said, I, I'm not wearing a mask and go, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you going to the moon? What the fuck are you doing, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing. That guy is the weirdo. Yeah. The guy who's doing it the most right, even to mask, you know, the, the people who are all about the mask. That guy is the weirdo. Yeah. Nobody wearing the regular mask is like, I need to get one of those plastic egg helmets because that's the real way to do it. Not happening. It's not fucking happening. You know what I mean? People are like, I'm gonna wear this mask. I'm gonna convince myself that it's gonna protect me from something that is obviously deadly. Obviously, is made flu, pneumonia, uh, emphysema, CHF. It has taken over all those other diseases. You know what I mean? Like this, this thing is wiping us all out. And this is this little piece of freaking, basically underwear. A, a pair of panties on my face is going to be what stops it. That's not true. I didn't. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm fed up talking about COVID, but one of the things that I was 
questioning, you know, very early on when, you know, this thing's so contagious and, okay, where are we putting the masks? Like, because yeah. we're, you know, if it's super contagious, surely it should go like in a fucking double bagged, like like yeah, it's like, it's, like, yeah, like it's asbestos. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing with it? We just put it into a bin and like, okay, that you know. Yeah, I but mean, if, I mean, it's not perfect. We're trying as a, as a, as a globe, as a, as a, as a planet. We're trying. You know what I mean? And and whether you believe in it or not, I, here's the thing. It, it just for me, the mass thing. It's just to make other people happy. You know, I wear it because um, you know you have to wear it to go into the shop, and I can't be bothered arguing with people. Okay, I'll put it on. It causes pleasure yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, you know. also as you as Kenny, you said, well, if you're wearing it, and particularly where where me and Christy, there's quite a an elderly population. So yeah. if it makes if it makes the elderly feel more comfortable, because you know, as Chris says, we're walking about the shop near them, and it makes them feel more comfortable. Okay, I'll wear it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You know what I mean? There is a, a time and there are places that are hit harder, that are more affected, where there should be greater amount of, of concern and enforcement. You know what I mean? If it, Obviously, the nursing homes, I mean, a coronavirus just wreaked havoc on nursing homes, you know, across the globe. And, uh, and especially here in the United States, because, you know, it seems to be what we do with them with ourselves <laughs> you know in, in, in fairness scotland scotland did not handle that care home you know, situation we well because we sent we sent people that had been taken to hospital that had all the covid symptoms being in their 70s and 80s decided not to test them and send them back to the care home yeah you know it's, it's just yeah, a lit match to a, a bit of paper at we, that point it just we, burned we through royally um yeah. but yeah like, you know you know, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a small business owner. Years. We can shift off of COVID because all, all that's going to get is a bunch of, you know, flack. Either well, way, no, you want to get flack anyway. You know, uh, I think we, I think me and Ali actually got some hate at once on on this, and it was somebody, somebody commented on YouTube and you know said that we fat shamed them. Oh yeah, one one thing. Somebody said that we fat shamed them, and I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah, think we did. Fat shamed fat somebody. Shamed. Fat shamed. Yes. Um, well, you know, uh, here's the thing. Obesity is a mental illness as far as I'm concerned. If, if you don't have like a physiological problem, I think that obesity is an addiction. You know what I mean? So like, you know, some your food becomes your addiction. You don't, you may drink, you may do other things, but food's your, food's your thing, you know? And, 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 uh, and it's, it's really, you're addicted to endorphins. Yeah. You know, you got to shift gears, change your addiction. I've, yeah. I've I've said a few times on this podcast. Well, I've I've kind of been to America because I went to Disneyland in Florida on holiday yeah, with up, the wife yeah. and kids. Oh yeah, and I've, I had I had never ever seen so many huge Jeez. obese people in my life. <laughs> no, I'd never seen so many people on mobility scooters just because they were fucking obese. It was unbelievable. It's like they give you cheese with everything. <laughs> like I, I need a mobility scooter. Would you like? Yeah. You know, would you like some cheese? You need cheese well, on your mobility a, scooter. Yeah, I ordered <laughs> the first. The first night we landed. The first night we landed in Florida, we've been traveling for like thirty six hours, and everyone was just tired and hungry. So I went to like because they had the twenty four hour restaurant, and I was like, can I get like two adult portions of uh, chicken and fries and three child portions for for the kids? And the first one came up with like seventeen bits of chicken. So I was like, oh, that'll be mine. And then another one appeared with 17 bits of chicken. I was like, I'll be the wife's. And then another one appeared. I was like, 
sorry, I only ordered two adults. They're like, oh yeah, the adult portions are coming. That was that was the kids' portion. The adult portion had twenty five pieces of chicken. Like, chicken, <laughs> chicken, chicken so I was just like, like my my, my daughter was like, eh, chicken, like chicken nuggets, chicken bites. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, boneless ones, boneless ones for yeah. the kids. And my seven year old daughter was just like, what? It's like a bolt of food. Yeah, yeah. No, that's we we uh we we love our food. You know what I mean? We love it and uh, we gorge on it. What can I say? I'm a big eater. I'm a big eater. Or I used to be when I was younger, man. I mean, I used to go to a restaurant and just tell them to bring me everything on the dessert menu without even looking before I ordered my meal. I'm like, bring me all the sugar right now. And then I'll order, you know, when I sit down, I would tell them like right away, like just start bringing me desserts. And my friends were always flabbergasted. I ate a five pound steak one night. Uh, just so they could all eat for free. Uh, I ate a three-pound hamburger and a huge plate of fries and cans of some. Like, I was the guy. Like, I, I I could just put food away. But I was also burning it off at an exponential rate. You know, I was an alcohol-burning funny car for a long time. So, you know, food, food, go. One of the staggering things, is, you know, especially, you know, you know, being Scottish, you know, I, you know, when I was 1999, we were in, in Florida. Uh and, and you know, going to restaurants, and it's like you know, as a kid, and it's like it's you know as much ice cream as you can from the Mister Webby machine. It's like, yeah. and you're like a kid, you're going, oh, like how big can I make this thing? So you've got yeah. a cone, and it's like fucking this big, and you're trying to balance it <laughs> on the way by. Yeah, man. It's like I'm going to get another one. <laughs> I think I think you're going to be sick. No, I don't think so. Well, <laughs> I think crazy. Some of that, in in a lot of ways, that's a, a clear demonstration of like you know the classic American excess. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, just more, more, more. You know, when when people you know think of America, that's what they think of is like you know like unlimited ice cream. <laughs> yeah. unlimited I'm not complaining. Cream. I'm not complaining. I yeah. would still yeah. go and get that amount of ice cream, right? Yeah, but on the other hand, unlimited ice cream will make you fat, dumb. Fat them yeah. and, and and like sloth, yeah. uh, turn you into a sloth, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, if you if you do it every week, yeah, that's for sure going to be a problem. It's like getting unlimited money from the government. If they just keep paying you, why would anybody go back to work? <laughs> it's yeah, unlimited. That's true. Do you know you joke? About, no, you joke about that, but it's it's something that to go a little bit political. We battle with it in 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 Britain and Scotland. You know what I mean? Like we have. Uh, let's be honest, we have a good welfare system, which is great for when you... I've had to rely on it in the past when my kids were younger and my wife was ill. I had to give up work for a couple of years and it, and it gave us the shelter and the security blanket to allow us to do that. And then once my wife got better, I went back to work. You know, I, I used it for the way it was it was designed. Mm -hmm. But I know people... Don't go back to work though, right? <laughs> That's yeah, a problem. Yeah, yeah I, know people, I know people that have been on welfare for or benefits for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. They never worked a day in their life from the age of 18 to, to their 40. And they, they've never worked because they get the rent paid for them. They get their utilities paid for them. They get enough money to live off when you're not paying for rent or electricity. Right. And, why, and then they're like, oh, why would you bother working? Oh, a little bit of fucking pride. <laughs> <laughs> How about know? I have something to do during the day rather than beat my meat off? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I think that a lot of people just I think that there are different kinds of people in the world and some people are proactive or, or and some people are not. I'm not saying that people can't be a victim of their upbringing, 
or or just like uh, they inherit a certain way of thinking and that's how things go this is this is how it works this is how you know the economy works in the united states they do not teach people about money in school in primary school so grades k through 12 you learn how to count it you might learn how to balance your 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 checkbook which is just simple math you know and and, and i think i learned how to write checks which turns out it's not the best idea <laughs> but uh but uh you know you don't learn about money you don't learn about business you don't learn about you know what's you don't learn about the stock market and how things really work you don't learn about how the government and business tie together and you know you don't learn about how businesses lobby government for particular laws and all of these things those are only things that you learn as you get older and you start to gain more experience with with your uh, I'm going to say taxes first and foremost. You know what I mean? And here's another thing: if you're living at home, not paying taxes and collecting that freaking government check, man, I got to. And you're saying this is wrong, this is right, and you know who should work and who shouldn't. Kiss my ass. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're living with your mom and dad. Who the hell are you, man? Like get the f. I'm sure there's some dad out there right now trying to kick his his kid out of the basement who he's having a massive disagreement with right now yeah. and his kid's like no dad you suck i'm right and you know this is how the world should be and and he's like you still live in the basement yeah. right you're telling everybody else on your on your keyboard how the world should work you know but anyway um no, we it's, don't, true. It's, it's, it's funny you mention that because a, a couple of weeks ago i've got my, my boys are teenagers they're 17 and 18 now well and uh, the two of them were arguing the other about a fortnight ago, just brother stuff because they've been stuck in the house because of lockdown. They were they share a bedroom and they were button heads almost physically. And okay, I went, for those Americans out there that don't know what a fortnight is. Sorry, or... fortnight is is about fourteen days, two weeks. I'm forgetting that's a British term. Yeah. Well, they think <laughs> is it, is here that, in the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, I, I did not know that. Sorry, Ali, you were, you were saying. No, so so they'd been they'd been stuck together for like two weeks or a fortnight for our British viewers and listeners, and uh, they were they were physically almost button heads. So I went along and and shouted at the pair of them, and my oldest son turned around to me and went, "Well, maybe if you did this and you did that." I was like, "Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no! <laughs> uh, 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 let's just wind that right back." Yeah, 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 exactly. And he was like, oh, but yeah, this and that. I was like, "No, you don't get a say. Once you put money in the house and you're paying some rent, then we can have an open discussion as adults." Yeah. In the meantime, you fucking do what you're told and set the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the student loan thing, you know what I mean? There's all these people out there that took out student loans so they could get a higher education and get a better job. And then they found out, like, man, if I went to trade school, you know what I mean? And I was a, a car mechanic, a plumber, or an electrician, or a carpenter, or something like that, I'd be working my ass off right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, you went to school for something else, and then a lot of those jobs – uh, exist. away, you know what I mean? They don't mm. exist anymore, and you have a whole bunch of people out there who took out these loans that don't want to pay them back. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to pay that loan back. Well, who do you expect to pay it back? The government. Well, who is that's you? That's you. That's your money that you're paying back your own student loan with. Don't you understand that? And then my money and everybody else's. I paid my student loans back. I took student loans out so that I could survive through college and I paid them back. You know what I mean? And I was proud to have paid them back. And then when I hear of it and it wasn't a small amount of money, you know what I mean? So yeah. when, when I hear about somebody who's got an even 
higher degree than me, who has even more opportunity. I went to school for film. You know what I mean? Like, but when I hear about somebody that went to school for business or has their master's in in something and they've got, you know, this mountain of debt and they're like, oh, I think somebody else should pay that. I'm like, what the hell did you learn in, in when you were a- achieving this higher uh, education to shit on other people? That's what you learned. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not right. To me, that's not right. You could defer it for as long as you want. You know what I mean? I, I think or for a certain amount of time. I mean, I don't I don't know how it should work, uh, but it shouldn't be everybody else pay your debt. I don't like that. And, and no, definitely that's not. Me. Yeah. I mean, I, we seem to have gone to a point in, in, in civilization where nobody has any personal responsibility. Like, you know, if, if, if you're if you're, you know, fucking a thousand pounds and all you is, is you know, eat chocolate and, and Doritos all day. I mean that's this your fault. You you've created oh, that problem. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you go and if you go to to fucking university and you and you study I don't know whatever nonsense fucking gender studies or some stupid <laughs> shit, and you've got a hundred grand with a student debt, yeah, that that's you've created that issue, and that is your issue to solve. Yeah, yeah, and and I agree with you, and and everybody gets falls into that blame shifting trap a lot of times where they don't want to take responsibility for something that they, well, this happened and that's why I did this. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and my wife is pretty good at, at, at pointing, you know, a mirror back at myself and saying like, you need to look in this mirror and be honest with yourself. You know what I mean? Like you react the way that you want to react to certain situations. You know what I mean? Because you know, in your heart of hearts that, that that's, that that's true to you. You know, and because uh, I'm always like I when I snap, I, I talked about like I'm the happy guy, but then I can just snap. Like when I snap, I'm always really, really like I'm always really regretful about it, even with the uh, even with that guy, you know, that uh, who contacted me on the backside and said that I was ruining his life and said I told lies about him. And I was, I was like, no, you know, I, I felt bad about it. But at the same time, I had to, you know, for me, I just had to be true to me and be like, you know, I stood my ground and, and this is what it is. And and, uh, you know, if there was any wrongdoing or, or whatever, I'll take the blame for that. That's OK. Yeah, I said those things. I don't have a problem ever saying, yeah, that's me. That's my fault. I did that. Yes, me. A hundred percent. OK, a hundred percent every time. And I'm not always a good guy, but that's OK. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Nobody's always the good guy. Sometimes um, you're the bad guy. This is something that that I've personally tried to do over the last two or three years, is just say, when I've fucked something up, say, that's my fault. I'm sorry, I fucked up. And and it'll save you a lot of heartache and arguments. You know what I mean? Uh, Sometimes it it helps just to say, that's my fault when uh, it wasn't your fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... When we talk about the blame shifting and stuff like that, you know, a lot of times that comes from our leadership, politics. Everybody's blame shifting nowadays. Everybody's blame shifting and pointing fingers at other people, especially here in the States. Well, the Trump administration did this. Well, the Bidens did this and the Republicans and the left and the yada, yada, yada. And somewhere in the middle of it all, the American people are lost. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 all these guys are pointing fingers at one another. And then we listen to the to the leaders that we want to respect, the people that we follow, and then jump on that same bandwagon, start pointing fingers, pointing fingers. The left doesn't want to work with the right. 
they have diabolically or, or, or diametrically opposed goals. You know what I mean? Uh, I believe in the in the United States there needs, needs to be like a middle of the road party. You know what yeah, I mean? We've mm-hmm. we've said that. We've said that. Yeah, the bipartisan system is broke. Yeah, it really we, is. We've said a few times that we think one of the great things that could come into probably politics across the world, and you know certainly in the Western world, is for want of a better phrase, a common sense party. That that, ha- but obviously a common sense doesn't work. You know, like have like a strong military, a good taxation system, a sensible yeah. welfare system that does yeah. support when necessary. You know, and tick off other things, but mm. it doesn't work because, as you say, too many people want their cut of the pie. Whether it's the the business side need the business to go that way, and the right. politics want to go this way, and they can work in. Here's the thing: they can work in concert. Back in the back in the 30s, okay, in the 1930s, here in the United States, we had the Great Depression, right? Huge big deal. How did we get out of that? Well, we started like uh, the roads and bridges projects and the Civilian Conservation Corps, where the government was handing out stimulus checks, but you had to show up at a job every day to do it. You had to build roads, you had to build bridges, you had to work on dams and construction. It was the improvement of America. We wouldn't have the highway system that we had today if it wasn't for that program. So how in the hell can we not start the same thing in conjunction with businesses? There's plenty of places where we could you know, work together, the government and business and the American people to create and globally, this is an idea globally, to create jobs and in a society that relies on one another in a positive way you know what i mean business relies on government to pay you know to 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 assist with with uh with their business needs and then and and then you got the people who are like coming in to work for for the i mean if you want your government check you're going to build our high-speed rail system you know what i mean they got they got a train that goes 300 miles an hour in japan how come we don't we don't have one of those here or in every country you know what i mean that, that, that you could actually set up a jobs program to build instead of just handing out free money. Most people, I think, truly want to work. You know what I mean? And they want to work on projects that matter and have legacy. Okay. Yeah. Like these pipeline guys, you know, that, that are, are really affected by the shutdown of the pipeline from Canada to the U.S. And this is just not American jobs. Canadian jobs as well. You know, you shut down this whole idea, this whole pipeline, and 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 now these people are like, okay, what's what's next? You know, what, where am I going to work now? I mean, every other job is just an idea. You know, the, you're going to go build solar panels where? Where? I mean, that was the answer that that our that our government had. Ah, oh, you'll you'll be the guys to build the solar panels now. Okay, where? What factory? What factory? Tell me where. Like, don't just lay out a general statement like like your blanket like you're gonna go build solar panels it covers the the issue where where am i doing that how much does it pay compared to what i was doing before how does that benefit america compared to or, or the world compared i'm getting into politics and shit i'm sorry i don't know <laughs> <mean, laughs> like, i'm a question asker I'm, a, I'm an optimist and a pessimist at the same time you know what i mean i believe that we can do better however i don't think that we really want to yet yeah. We have, uh, you know, we have the same the same thing, you know, a similar thing here, here where we're, you know, you know, the, you know, our government are saying that we will ban the sale of new petrol and diesel powered vehicles by 2030, nine years time, and you know, uh, you know, and you go, okay, how? Like, 
you know, I, I you know, I, 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 I'm a small business owner, and uh, you know, I have some trucks, and it's going okay. How the fuck in nine years' time you can't okay, you can't even fill potholes, okay, in the roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In nine years we're putting this entirely new infrastructure in place. Yeah. How? How? Explain. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is terrible, but the technology is going to have to take this quantum leap. How? It's just it, will ne- it can. It will never happen the way that they think that it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I've got two classic, two classic vehicles in my garage: my '63 Nova and my '67 Mustang. You ain't. I ain't replacing those with shit. You know. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to happen. And you know what? Every time I drive into L.A., every time I drive into Los Angeles, every time I drive into a major city, you know what else I see driving into that city? Dudes who drive trucks, women who drive trucks, people who work for a living, people who get sweaty for a living, people who get dirty for a living drive trucks. And until you start to come up with some alternatives to what they're driving that's economical for them, Trucks are going to continue to be on the road, you know, doing all of that work that you don't even imagine exists. There are people in this world that don't know how their toilet gets cleaned. I know how mine gets cleaned. You know what I mean? I'm in there with a scrub brush, whatever. You know what I mean? But there are people in the world that's like every day clean toilet. I mean, that's amazing. But uh, (laughs) the guy that cleaned it or the person that cleaned it probably drove a truck to work. You know what I mean? probably drove a gas powered vehicle to work because that and it probably wasn't new i guarantee you it wasn't new it was a used clunker that they drove to that job because that's what they could afford to drive to do that job that you don't even freaking appreciate but you think we should get rid of gas fucking vehicles kiss my freaking underside taint part under the part behind my car (laughs) Part right behind my balls, kiss it because you don't know that what you're was, talking about. Uh, that was that was an extremely specific area that yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. wanted to well. uh, is, is, is anyone else thinking is anyone else thinking well for president 2024? Fucking I am moving to America, getting a green card and I tell you what, I, I wish that I wish that it were possible. I wish that it were possible. I wish that it were possible that I could just you know be myself and become the president. Unfortunately. I, I, I couldn't handle the smear campaign. You know, I, I, I wouldn't survive the smear campaign. I would get in a fist fight. You know, I would just go to whoever was smearing me and I'd fucking punch him in the face. And I'd be like, there, now you got something to freaking help you remember to think before you say things. <laughs> you know, nobody has that anymore. Nobody gets jabbed in the face anymore for saying stupid shit. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, you know, I, I, Kids don't even get fist fights anymore. It's called bullying. One was bullying the other. I mean, like, it's a fucking fist fight. You know, they're two teenage boys. It happens. Mm. Let's put it to bed. Okay. I would just I would just like to say, because I want to be on the campaign trail, that Will will also, after he's punched you, he'll get you, he'll get you a napkin to stop the bleeding. He'll make yeah. sure you're okay. Because, you know, he's, you know he, he likes to punch in the face, but, you know, he's also a nice guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So only, only justifiable punching in the face. Justifiable punching. Punch and that, that, is a, that is a real problem now. No, there are people who have gone far too comfortable disrespecting people because they haven't ever been punched in the fucking mouth. <laughs> Do you know? Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. Like, I, I grew up in the 80s. 
we didn't have helmets. We didn't have knee pads. We didn't have elbow pads. We, and, and we rode bicycles with roller skates on our feet and, and we had boxing gloves on our hands and we tried to beat the shit out of each other. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have the internet. We didn't have video games to entertain us. You know what? We had each other. We had each other and we learned how to live with each other and play with each other and work with each other and argue and fight with each other. We also learned about boundaries. You know what I mean? There are things that you can say and things that you can't say. Like I can badmouth my sister, but if you do it, I'm going to beat your ass. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, that's that's, you know, those were the rules that are kind of established as we all kind of grew up together in a in a less global environment, I want to say. You know, when me in America gets involved in your business in Scotland and says you shouldn't be raising your kid like that. What the fuck business is it of yours? You know what I mean? And, and, and like how like how what makes you think that throwing your pebble from your my spot in, in L.A. Uh, should ripple my freaking my serenity or my pond at all? You know what I mean? Like, get the hell out of here. I don't like that. I, I had somebody tell me that. Uh, it made some comment about forged in fire one time and you know, on Facebook about how we were disgusting for using carcasses. I'm like, well, first of all, we didn't kill them. We didn't kill the animals. You know what I mean? Most of them are rotting someplace. You know what I mean? Like this, you can't, there's no smell-o-vision yet. You know what I mean? But if there was smell-o-vision, you would understand that those carcasses were not consumption worthy. You know what I mean? And then we used them for something else. You know what I mean? And, and, but the idea that this person was going to, you know, from wherever the hell she was, tell me that I should be ashamed of it. I'm like, you know, shame is something you cast on somebody else. I'm not ashamed. Take that. Doesn't it just highlight that how easy people's lives are, that that is what a person has to be upset at on that particular day? Yeah, I mean, and that's okay. I mean, you know, that's your thing to be upset, but make sure you're directing, you know, do your research, direct your your uh, your antagonistic comments towards somebody where they really belong. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not the one cutting up the carcasses. Get on fucking duck. That's that's him. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that are freaking mutilated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. I'm a trained soldier, you know what I mean? I, I did the better part of 15 years in the military, but, you know, I, I, the only thing that I uh, shot a bullet at was a sword. You know what I mean? I didn't touch a carcass. <laughs> so, like, Innocent. Why, why are you coming to me? Wrong yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking, speaking of your, uh, speaking of your, uh, of the military, what was uh how how did that how did that happen for you? Was that something that you, you, you always wanted to do well or did you fall yeah. into it or my dad was in the military and I wanted okay. to be you know, I wanted to be a pilot, but I was too dumb. So I went into the infantry. <laughs> I went into the infantry and I became an army ranger, you know, through the selection process because if I was gonna do it, I wanted to be the best that I could be. And you couldn't join straight into SF back then. You couldn't go straight Green Beret. You had to be a ranger or something else first. So I was like, I'll do the ranger and then I'll do the SF. And then maybe, you know, later on I'll do whatever. And then uh, after four years, I, I just cross trained over to the air force. I had about a three month break in service. And then I went to the air force and became a pararescueman because I was interested in the, the diversity of the job, the idea that even in a, even in a uh, national disaster, they could be activated, 
you know, like, you know, to, for like Katrina, you know, the PJs did hundreds and hundreds of pickups from the, from the sixties, you know, and, uh, that there's great work for those guys. A lot of legitimate rescue work. Uh, I got my, uh, I, I got a, a rescue, a Sikorsky rescue in Iceland, you know, re- recovered a guy who had driven his car off the road and skipped his head off, a, off of the lava, <laughs> you know, so, uh, not funny, but he lived, he lived, uh, it wasn't the smoothest operation ever, but, um, but, uh, you know, I like the idea that you could still be doing real stuff, even though we weren't in, in a current conflict where with the rank of the time, if you weren't in conflict with, with, you know, in, in, in some sort of foreign conflict, you were in conflict with one another. <laughs> so, so it was a different kind of, it was a different kind of world and it was a different time too. So I'm talking like over, you know, 1993 to 98, I was in the army. And then from 98 to 08, I, I was in the Air Force. So, yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. I learned a lot and uh, I learned about a lot. I learned a lot about a lot of things. I learned a lot about the military. I learned a lot about operations and tactics and weapons and all of that great shit. And I learned a lot about just life in general. You know what I mean? Because I was doing it wrong back then. You know what I mean? I was giving everything that I had to something that would never give anything back you know, uh, and, and other than while I was there, you know what I mean? And, and I get to, I, I got to keep my titles and all that stuff. But as far as like, uh, love, you know what I mean? Love from the actual military, I get it from my, my veteran brothers. And they'll all tell you it's the same thing. You know, you don't get love back from the military once you're gone, you get love from your homies, you know? So that's, yeah. that's even with it, I, I, didn't serve i went to join the royal marines when i left school but blew my knee out but my dad was 22 years in the royal navy so he spent a lot of time away and uh, talking about showing no love like with the royal navy and the the military code of justice or the equivalent over here um when he he was redeployed to different bases like we were classed as excess baggage on the travel dock because we weren't essential for duty and my dad used to be a bit handy with the fists on multiple occasions, but especially in the Navy. He uh, was the Navy Cruiserweight Boxing Champion at one point. And wow. he he was 19, joined in 75 and demobbed out in 97, 98. So he was through the 70s and 80s when it was acceptable in the Navy. If someone pissed you off, you punched them in the mouth. And then that's how you learned. And then you didn't get punched in the mouth quite as much. So you learned by that process and then in his later years he still acted like that and the navy had changed so he used to get pulled up on captain's tables and under the 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 military code at the time if you were docked a month's wages they just took a month's wages off you so there was no wages coming back to my mum to feed me and my sister and one time one of the guys on the boat whose name i won't mention just in case but he got caught thieving he was stealing shipmates money from their lockers and my dad found out and put the boy in hospital, put him on life support. And yeah. he got docked. He got docked five months wages. So for five wow. months, we had zero money. Because my dad was out on the boat. So he had room. Yeah. He had his berth. He was getting fed three squares a day. Yeah. So the, he was still fit for duty. Yeah. In the yeah. meantime, my mum back home with two teenage kids had zero income for five months. Because... <laughs> my, because... <laughs> because Military is big on monetary punishment. They'll take away rank. They'll take away pay. They can re- they can restrict you to quarters. They can put you in military confinement. They can put you in a military retraining program where they basically uh, 
where you're confined and then they recondition you to join back into the military. I, I, I had a, a friend who had to do that program, you know, wearing a jumpsuit, you know, being reconditioned, you know, they go back into the military. Then he came back to the, you know, I guess he came back to the unit. I didn't know him at the time, but he told me all about it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, so the military has interesting ways of enforcing their, their policies. And, and um, I don't know if it's as common anymore to put somebody in, into the corrective uh, kind of behavior system where they, where they reintegrate them. I think they just kick them out nowadays, like rather than deal with it, you're just gone. And, yeah. um, and, but when you talk about that transition, you know, like your dad had where you, you get older and, and you're, or, or you get out of the military and you still have that same attitude, Yep. you know, uh, civilians. And I talked about this, uh, I talk about it all the time. Violence of action is not a civilian term. Nope. Yeah, not at all. Not even in police in, in police forces. Violence of it maybe on SWAT teams, maybe on SWAT teams, but I doubt it. I I doubt that violence of action is something that's preached. But as an infantryman, as a as an army ranger man, yeah, it, it was it was definitely taught, and it's something that even when I went to the Air Force, stayed with me, especially after nine eleven when I was teaching weapons and tactics, you know, to guys that were deploying, and I felt responsible for like. You know, okay, this guy's going overseas. He's got to be the best shot that I can make him. He's got to understand tactics. He's got to understand maneuver. He's got to understand immediate action drills. You know what I mean? He's got to understand the science of violence. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like that, Tim. Yeah, he's got to understand that, Tim. (laughs) Yeah, martial art. The word martial goes back to Roman antiquity. You know what I mean? Mars. A martial Mars was the god of war. A martial art is for war. You know what I mean? War of some kind, conflict of some kind. And being a soldier, you need to become a master of military martial arts. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you need to know jujitsu. You don't need to know Wing Chun, but you need you to know. Definitely how to... Need, you definitely need to know jujitsu. Well, you definitely <laughs> need to know jujitsu. <laughs> I mean, you might need to look here, man. I, I, I took judo when I was a kid. I did boxing with my dad. I was a high school wrestler. I can't beat up Tim Kennedy. No. Okay. That's a thing for anybody out there. No, I'm not going to go toe to toe with a, uh, with a Conor McGregor. You know, it's not going to happen. Those guys are experts at what they do. But, uh, but when it comes to being a combatant, when it comes to violence of action, when it comes to tussling, I can tussle with the best. You know, I'll freaking roll. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, don't mind. I, didn't, I didn't get this cauliflower here playing patty cake. I'm not scared of it. I just yeah. offer. I just know how to be like, uh, I'm going to need a gun for that one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, me, me and Ali, me and Ali trained jiu-jitsu together. Uh, have done, have done for quite a while. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's a fantastic martial art. Really, yeah. really, uh, really cool martial art. And you know, I grew, you know, I spent uh, my early twenties or most of my twenties boxing as well. Um, that's why I've been hitting the head a lot, and that's why I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, but, like here's the thing: you also develop a certain respect for the levels of 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 performance as fighters you know what i mean you learn to size a guy up you know what i mean when you're involved in martial arts especially the hand-to-hand combat martial arts you know what i mean and especially when they have weight classes you start learning to be able to like size a guy up 
you know, look at his physique, look at his body, look at his knuckles, look at his ears. And you're like, okay, this guy might, may, you could size him up. You're like, this guy may or may not be able to handle himself or whatever. I mean, and, and you learn how to, you learn how to temper your reaction to things, you know, based on one, your capabilities, your uh, assessment of your opponent and, and the overall situation. And, and those are things that martial arts bring to, uh, to the violence of action game, you know what I mean? Like it's just because I use terms like violence of action doesn't mean I'm a a violent person all the time. I just understand when it's necessary to apply it to what I'm doing, you know what I mean? And and to do it with with a uh, with gusto. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think you know I'm probably similar to you, uh, well in the fact that I'm very often silly. You know, very often silly, making jokes, making fun of myself, and having fun in the gym, and uh, you know, wearing silly rash cards. You know, I made a tie dye gi, and you know, and I think a lot of the times people forget that underneath all that nonsense, there is that switch as well. You know, when you know when when is a competition? You know, I competed last year, uh, sorry, twenty nineteen in Amsterdam uh, in jiu jitsu, and then when you know that the competition part comes around and it's time to fight. There's like a, a the switch goes off in your head. It's like, I'm, I'm not very nice. Yeah. You know, I go from being silly to being like, you know, I'm going to try and murder somebody just now. Like, yeah. Little conflict. Yeah. That's where your mind is. But yeah. the second that it's over, that that shared life <laughs> is over. Let's get a beer, man. Let's let's talk about the fight. How, how do you know? That's what I'm like. Um, carry on. I've gotten yeah. into, I I got into a fight with another pararescueman uh, who was a former student. You know what I mean? And and we were out drinking, and and you know, booze can lead to certain things. And we were out drinking in the we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I thought that we were all going back to a party someplace. You know what I mean? I was really thrilled that all of these guys were going to go back to a party back at my place with uh, two other guys uh, that I lived with at the time. And then this kid came up out of nowhere and uh, he, did, he didn't want to party. You know what I mean? He, he wanted to say some things to me and then I popped off some things back. And then next thing you know, he, he took a, he, it seemed like he took a little swing at me. <laughs> and I was like, look, man, if you want to, and you're like, look, there, there were times back in the day that I would rather go home with a fight than a fuck. And I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. I was like, we're going to, we're going to go work this out right now. You're going to get whatever little stress or whatever little anger you have against me. Who's your homie, really? You know, you just hated that I was your instructor. And then I freaking said mean shit to you. You know what I mean? Like to motivate you. I'm like, now you want to have a fist fight with me. Let's do it. And, and I didn't win the fight. He didn't win the fight. I came out with a ripped nostril. He came out with a freaking bite mark on his titty that probably didn't go away forever. Uh, uh, you know, I had blood all down the front of me because he cracked me in the nose pretty good. But I remember telling him when he did it, that was a good overhand right. <laughs> that was a good, I wasn't, he caught me with that one. But when I was telling him that, I'm on top of a fight club style, bleeding all over both of us. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> So for me, I came up with two older brothers. We tussle, we fight. We, you know, the, you know, that's what guys did. And to this day, my wife is always surprised when me and my brothers get together and we're rolling around in the grass, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, like savages. And she's like, "What did I marry into?" I'm like, "Well, this is this is the Greco-Roman hillbillyness of like, you know, a war, you know what I mean? This is what we do, yeah." You know? So I've always enjoyed it, but there's a respect that comes with 
trading fisticuffs with somebody mm. over a disagreement that that you know when when two guys or two people feel like it has to go to fisticuffs you got like, like as long as you can keep it one on one i'm yeah. about it. do it do it sort it out because at the end of it you'll respect one another in one way or another if you knock the guy out you'll you'll you can respect that he at least stepped up and put his freaking knuckles in the air you know what I mean? And, and 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 if you're the guy that gets knocked out, at least you you'll fucking respect that guy for putting you in your place if if necessary. And I've been right and gotten my ass kicked before, no doubt about it. <laughs> like I've been right and gotten my ass kicked before. You don't feel good about it, but at the end of it, you're just like, okay, like I, you know, we got in a fight and it's over. Let's let's move on. I'm. I am not a person who's saying that, you know, you should go around fighting in bars and stuff like that. But when it happens, it, you know, fuck, it happens. It happens. It happens. You know what? One of the, one of the best things, you know, this sound probably sounds uh, uh, crazy to anybody who's, I don't know, normal, quiet, whatever you want to call themselves. But one of the, one of the best things about being young and carefree was getting into, a, get, you know, being in a bar, having some drinks and getting into a fight. Nobody gets hurt. Oh, yeah. And you go home and you've got some good stories, man. That's so that was so much fun. Man, I enjoyed it sometimes, man. I would be laughing, just having a good time. There's this one night with a crackhead in Florida. I just had the best time. It was, <laughs> I picked that guy up and I snatched him down like a sack of potatoes to the ground. You know? And it wasn't even my fight. He was he was he was picking on somebody that he didn't need to be picking on. And uh, and I, it's a good thing that I couldn't find a break in the in the mangroves to take him to the beach because my plan was to drown him and then bring. Him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but you know I mean, I think that in a lot of ways you know, it's okay, it's okay. I think that I I think the Marine Corps does a good job with in, integrating. Uh, uh, martial arts into into their programs. I think the Air Force needs to maybe get into it a little bit more, you know, uh, because there are tensions in those groups where you just want to, like, let them get physical, man. There's all this pent up, just like, ah, like, oh, I, I don't even know what to call it. Just like, you can feel it here all the time. This idea of like, I got to rage against something. We'll rage against each other. You know what I mean? I like that kind of stuff, you know, but uh, not everybody's about that. I like MMA. I like boxing. I like I like watching some kickboxing. Now, I don't follow that stuff. I mean, I, you got to pick and choose your hobbies. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like my hobbies are, are my cars and my home, and you know, my my, my wife and, 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 of course, filmmaking. So, you know, I can't I'm, I don't follow as closely as I would like. But, yeah, man, I'm a huge fan of, of martial arts. Love it. Like I grew up with it. So. You know, when, when somebody's never been punched in the mouth before, uh, you usually tell. Like, I could tell. Because those words that just came out of your mouth is something you would get punched for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, I just want, I, you know, I want, to, I want to talk to you briefly about your cars. Ali, Ali is not a, Ali doesn't have a driving license. He's not a car guy, but I'm a, you know, I'm a car guy. Um, yeah. So, it's, what, you know, the, the hilarious thing is, so when I, when I look at... <laughs> You know, an old Mustang, and aesthetically, you know, we look at them here and you go, that's so fucking nice. Such a beautiful looking thing. It sucks that we just can't have them. They just don't work in this country. They just don't, they look completely weird. Just weird. They just look completely out of place. Like, 
like if you've seen somebody driving, you know, you know, down our local high street in a sixty-seven Mustang, you're like, yes, what's that fucking, what's that fucking asshole trying to prove? The fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it yeah. don't work at all. It's bizarre, but beautiful it, looking, such a nice looking thing. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing here. You know, you're driving around in the Mustang. People, you know, some people give you the double take. You know, around here in LA, you know, the the highway racing is a big thing. So there's always some guy that rolls up on you and, you know, you're driving a nice classic car and he thinks you want a street race with him. You're like, no, homie, it's not going to happen. Like, this thing is nice for a reason. See how your car isn't? Yeah. 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 Um, so you, you get those looks every now and again. But I had friends in high school that had classic cars. My, my dad, the only classic car my dad ever had was a 69 Jeep Commando. And I never really worked right. And, you know, mostly I just, you know, watched him drink beer and handed him wrenches until he passed out underneath the car. <laughs> no, he's a good guy. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, my homies who had, you know, classic Camaros and Mustangs and stuff like that, I really was into it. You know what I mean? I would mm. go places with these guys and, you know, they'd work on their motors and, you know, they race them every now and again up and down the road. And, it, you know, it was, I was like, man, I got to get my hands on one of these, but how am I going to do that? You know? And, and it wasn't until I got a lot older, you know, that I really was able to afford, you know, to, to have classic cars. Now I'm not saying that I didn't have classic cars when I was younger. I just couldn't afford them. <laughs> you know I had them, but they didn't run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the um yeah. So, I mean, you know, kind of like you. I, I grew up around about cars. Uh, so the business, one of the businesses that I now have was my granddad. So I grew up, you know, driving, you know, on, on you know, in lorry and you know, trucks, and you know, that's how I grew up. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, taking bits off cars and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, similar, similar in that respect, but. Yeah, we yeah, our classic cars are different different to yours, but man, I think you know one of the things that's so tempting about moving to America is having a fucking old Mustang or, or you know some well, you having know, something like that just seems so cool. Here's the here's the thing about it is that like you can find one probably pretty cheap, you know what I mean? You get if you search the southwest states in America where it's very dry, mm. you know, you can find great cars. You know, you really can. Yeah. You can find them in other places too, but I'm talking like junkers. Like a, like a car you can pull out of a junkyard and maybe restore. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Southwest, Arizona, New Mexico, Southern California, places where it's dry. You know, you can Texas, you know, West Texas, you can, yeah. you can find some, there's some pretty good finds. The problem is, 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 is just finding the, like, what do you want to do? If you want to do a resto mod, yeah. you order parts for an old Mustang. I mean, they, they're prolific enough that you can just order parts. Getting all original parts is a little bit more complicated. Getting a, a numbers matching car, you know, that's rare. You know, my, my wife's car is a resto mod. You know, some guy built it and I bought it and it was already working. The only thing I had to do was change the wiring harness a couple of times and, and I pushed it. Uh, I installed a, uh, a, a push button ignition, you know. Okay just to be cool but uh <laughs> you know but uh you know a lot more work on the nova but then than the mustang so you can buy cars for less than a prius that are resto yeah. that are amazing but they'll never be worth what a numbers matching car is you just have yeah, to like yeah, yeah. the car you have to like to drive you know a, a car with that kind of motor that kind of steering and suspension you know i mean it it really is more of a lifestyle choice than, yeah. than anything yeah so i was having this conversation with a a, a friend of mine recently um and, and you know he was he was looking to buy 
Uh, you know, I think he was looking to buy a Tesla or some nonsense battery powered thing. And, you know, and he was saying, you know, I mean, I love the idea that, you know, it's, it has the lane control and, it, you know, it tells me when to move in. It, you know, it parks itself to a degree. And yeah. and, and, I, and, I, and I'm saying, you know what, I get all that. I, you know, I, I want to hear an engine. I want to feel mechanical grip. You know, mm-hmm. if I if I dump the clutch and 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 I'm going, you know, I want to feel the mechanical grip and it, you know, it's you, you know, want to traction. I want to change gear because that yeah. to me means something. But he just looked at me like, what the fuck, are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he wants something that can get him from point A to point B uh, conveniently and 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 uh, economically and and safely and all of those yeah. things. You want to drive. Yeah. So one of the he, things uh, he wants personal public transportation. He wants to be able to get in his car, say, "Take me to work," and then the car drives him there. So it's yeah. not public transportation because he doesn't have to engage his brain to actually maneuver around any obstacles or to navigate or get where he's going. It's, it's like public transportation that way, but it's for him. You know what I mean? He wants personal public transportation. You know. So, and, yeah. and I, I think eventually that's what it's going to come down to. Everybody's going to have to have one of these cars that integrates into traffic automatically. They all maneuver it the same. You know, they move at the same. I think eventually, you know, maybe 150, 200 years from now, that's what it's going to be like. I, you know, yeah. right now, that's how, hopefully, hopefully, uh, people will still have the old stuff. But yeah, it's um, so she had she had uh, she had a picture earlier on from a, an old. Uh, so I, I don't think you have well, you have Subarus, but you don't have the classic shape Impreza rally car. I don't think you really ever had them in America. So that's what we grew up with, you know, because we grew up in in Scotland. And Colin McRae, who was a rally driver, drove for Subaru. So you know, Subarus were the that's it. And, that was it. And and you know, trying to speak, you know, explain to somebody now, this is one of the simplest things in the world, but. You know, on a cold, a cold winter night, when it's dark early, and you'd be out on some back roads having some fun, and you would just see the massive orange flash every now. You know, when you backed off the throttle from seven thousand RPM, you yeah, massive orange flash, and those are the simplest things in the world. And you're like, that just makes me so happy. Like, there's so much yeah. love in my heart. I'm like, oh, it's a yeah. big flame. It's so yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so exactly. nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so I know. Happy. I'm so happy. Uh, me, like, yeah. I, I, with my Nova, the, the first time that I really like let it out and laid down, you know, laid down some scratch on the road. Uh, I mean, I threw the fan, I threw the fan belt, you know what I mean? It threw yeah. the fan belt. That I had just gotten it and I didn't know what was wrong with it, man, but, but it had some torque. It had some punch and, and my mm. brother who was a cop was in the car with me. So he was actually scared to drive it. He was like, "Yeah, it's a little torquey. I don't want to drive it." You know, it's got that 383 with the Muncie four-speed and a and a Hurst shifter, and you know the 12 bolt rear end, the strap. You know, the the it dug. I mean, it's built for the short track. You know what I mean? The the quarter mile. It's built to run the quarter mile, but all original inside. It's a little bit have of a you, super. Have you have you have you put it down a quarter? No, man, I can't get it to, uh, I, you know, I put in the EFI, I rebuilt the top end and, and it's running a little mucky. I think I've got a, I think I've got a fuel pressure problem right now. So, okay. I need it, to, uh, you know, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to, to, to chuck it down and then see what, see what, see what kind of types you can run. I'll be you excited to see that. I'm too much of a wuss. 
I'd rather I'd rather just like drive it around and enjoy it as a daily driver than the, I'm afraid that I would blow the blow the head gasket or something like that again. And, and man, what a nightmare it's been so far. I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now we've we've um we've just spent ten minutes here talking, and Ali has absolutely <laughs> no idea. This is like what happens when Ali speaks to people about American football. I just sit here going, "I'm fucking." Oh, American You won't have that problem. I won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ali, Ali's Ali's not a car guy. But um, so what? Wh- when was the the or how did the transition into doing television stuff? How did that happen, Will? You know, I just had a, uh, I had been messing around with, with some stuff in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I did a little, I, I was an extra in a movie called Beer Fest and my homies thought that was hilarious. Uh, you know, I took some leave from work and I, you know, I was like, I'm going to work this job for 13 days or whatever. And, and uh, it was really cool. And I met some people who thought it might be a good idea for me to, you know, try to continue to pursue this thing. And so uh, I was also doing acting classes to like kind of help me with my anger issues <laughs> and uh and uh and you know somebody forwarded me an email when i was getting out of the military uh they called uh from the pararescue association and there was a production company looking for a a former pj to host a show called true stories of pararescue that never became a thing and um and this guy that forwarded me the email he was my supervisor and he was like this looks like it's right up your alley hollywood and just the sarcasm, you know what I mean? I was like, all right, let's see if it's right up my alley. So I just responded to the email, you know what I mean? I just I just responded to basically this one ad. And the next thing I know, after some, I mean, I was proactive about it. Everything the guy said that he wanted from me, I gave to him. You know, he's like, do you have a reel? I went and filmed one. You know what I mean? Do you, do you, you know, when are you going to be in L.A.? I made arrangements, you know, so. You know, there were there were uh, I was definitely very proactive about it. But once I got there, you know, obviously I had to show them that I was capable of performing on camera, you know, live what they wanted me to do. And and I, I, I did it multiple times. So for that production company, I did two different TV shows and that kind of got me an agent who, you know, sent me to a lot of auditions for a lot of other different TV shows. Some that I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then others that I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then uh, I think in 2015, you know, finally landed on Forged in Fire and, and we did that. So, I, you know, a lot of weird stuff here and there because I just say yes to everything. You know, yeah, I'll do that. You want to go get naked and take some pictures? Yeah, man, let's do that. It's going to be great. Let's freaking have a good time. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if, if you know, uh, we we you know, one hundred percent appreciate that because uh, naked pictures. We're saying yes to everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, not naked pictures. Um, <laughs> I you know, I don't I don't ever want to see Ali naked. I've seen him in a I've seen him in a wrestling singlet, and that's that's uh, that's more than enough. That's more than enough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just you know, just just making things happen and just saying fuck it. What like what's the worst that can happen yeah. here? We yeah. have some cool stories. We've, we've said we've said it so often. Like with this, with, me and Chris started this podcast basically when lockdown started back in March last year in Scotland. And me and Chris thought perfect time to start a podcast. Everyone's stuck in. Let's just start. And and we were lucky. And we've said this a few times. We were lucky that we had some friends that were at least interesting enough to do a couple of episodes. Yeah. And then I decided early on, shall I just start messaging people on Instagram and see if they'll come on? <laughs> And the amount of people we've had, like, like 
like Chris mentioned, a few of the, the ex-Navy SEALs, we, on episodes very early on, within a couple of months of us starting a podcast where we'd only spoken to friends, I managed to land the former head of the FBI behavioral analysis program who used to recruit Russian spies. <laughs> and we'd been doing it for like about literally about six, seven weeks at that point. Yeah. And he said yes. And we were like, oh, oh shit. Now we actually need to speak to him. Like yeah, we were expecting you to say no or, or ignore yeah. the message. Yeah, um, and loads of people when when we went through a spell where we were just getting guest after guest after guest, people used to message me and Chris and go, how'd you get them? And I was like, shall I let you in on the secret? Come closer, come closer. I ask them. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, what do you mean? And I go, I, I message Will Willis from Forest and Fire and go, hey, Will, fans coming on our podcast. And they go, what happens if he says no? And I go, what happens if he says yes? Yeah. Because then, yeah. then we get an episode with Will Willis. We get an episode with the former head of the FBI behavioral analysis program. We get... Uh, you know, the, the world's foremost Sasquatch expert talking to us for two and a half hours about foot patterns and how it moves through the mud. Two and a half hours. We got to speak to a guy called Jeremiah Sullivan who did the first open water swim with a great white shark and told the story of the first time a marine biologist got out of the cage and grabbed onto the tail of a, a wild great white. And he said up until that point, all the biologists said, don't do it, they'll kill you. Like, they're, they're predators, they'll jack you the fuck up. And he thought, yeah. I'm going to find out. <laughs> and, and he tells the story and the whole way through the story because I, I was watching Chris because he was on the other side and me and Chris and I could see myself in the little kind of mind and we were both like yeah just as he's telling the story and yeah, you know that would never have happened if we hadn't reached out and said to Jeremiah fancy coming on speaking to two idiot Scottish guys and tell us some stories yeah I've, I've said yes to things more often than I said no and, and it, you know most of the time, or I shouldn't say most of the time, I'd say about that 40% of the time it works out. 40%. And that's yeah, a good percentage if you're gambling in Vegas. If you agree to do podcasts, right, there's always a chance that the people could just be really weird and just not good at it. And it, it's just not fun. Yeah. I mean, it might also be really entertaining. Um, and, you know, fuck you like, yeah, if you have spare time. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's and I think what, what we've said before is I think it's um I think it's intriguing to people, especially Americans, to speak to two Scottish people because they go, oh, that's different. Well, it's not just that. I mean, look, I, I think that all people want to connect, you know, to other people, and 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 the more that you can connect with other people and develop positive relationships, and I don't mean like hippie, you know, be positive relationships, but you can develop respectful and, and relationships with people regardless of distance. You know what I mean? The more fulfilled you're going to become as a human being. You know what I mean? The unhappiest people in the world, you know, look at look around them. You know what I mean? Who's around them? Who do they surround themselves with? Is it other unhappy people? You know, and, and that's, you know, something that everybody has to take into consideration in their lives, especially when you're like, you know, you get married, you have kids, you know what I mean? Everybody's got that friend that you're just like, dude, I love you, but like, I gotta, like, you're not the yeah. right kind of influence right now like you need to you know you gotta you gotta you know maintain your distance you know i'm not going out and, and doing the things that you want to do anymore because you know it's not the kind of environment and then and then you've got people like uh you know that you've never met before that are like these great people like i there's a guy 
and I don't want to drop his name. There's this dude on Facebook. Uh, his, I call him TD, and uh, and uh, I've never met this dude. He started texting me probably back in 2009 via Facebook, and uh, we still chat back and forth. He's like my pen pal. You know what I mean? And, and there's and there's a few people that are like that. You know what I mean? That'll reach out to me every now and again. Or in the back of my mind, I'd be like, I wonder how that person's doing. And I've mm -hmm. never met them before. We've just interacted and they reached out to me because of something that I did or some way that, that I affected them or our paths across. And I and I and I, I still talk to those guys and, and I and I try to be on top of that because it makes me feel like uh uh it makes me feel good, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to, those sorts of sorts of things. And I hope that they understand that, that, you know, it's not just a little part of my life, you know, when I'm, when I'm sending that message, like it really is like a, Hey man, how are you doing? Like I really yeah, want to. Yeah. 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 You know? That's, um, that's, this segues, this segues beautifully into the, the, the spirituality thing. Um, yeah. you know, because you were saying you've got a buddy down in, was it Hawaii? He said, and you just kind of clicked. He just goes, yeah. Oh, this, this is fucking, this is supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's you know that's uh, you know I, I guess in some I don't want to say too many nice things about him because he's looking at me in the camera now. But you know when you know me and Ali haven't really haven't known each other for a long time. And, yeah, uh, you, know, you met each other and you, you both go, oh, you, you're also ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just getting go, oh, this this works. Um, yeah, and then and becomes... you know what? ridiculous works with ridiculous, yeah, uh, really well. Sometimes ridiculous doesn't mix with with serious, or people take yeah. themselves too seriously you know what i mean because if you're ridiculous and you meet somebody who takes themselves too seriously that yeah. that's a bad mix yeah. you know what i mean because the guy that takes himself too seriously doesn't have time for your nonsense yeah. and you just use your nonsense to irritate the shit out of that guy <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, do, yeah. We, we do it the way for me for me being training in the mornings uh, when obviously training was allowed and we'd be bouncing about at 7 a.m. in the morning, just being silly, talking shit, talking yeah. about memes, just talking about stupid clips. And people turn around and go, it's 7 a.m., guys. Why are you like this? And we're like, because it's fun. We don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm an early morning guy, too. Yeah, you know? 100%. And, yeah. and from the second that, that I kind of wind up, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's pretty nonstop, especially and, – and I, you know – Sometimes I, I, I get a little uh, a little over exuberant, I guess. I, I'm one of those people that's man, I like it. I was probably a chihuahua in a past life or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm one of those guys that, that is cursed with immaturity. Like I'm an immature guy. You know, I've got a I've got a son that's 23. I've got a son that's 20. You know, and then I've got Flash, who's like 11 months old. You know, and there's mm -hmm. and, and my older sons grew up with a different guy you know what i mean and, and and i but i have been immature my entire life like i still love playing i love oh, to yeah. play. i love to mess around i love to i love to go out and like dig snow forts in the snow and make like make like sledding runs and stuff like that i love yeah, to get yeah, on yeah. The skateboard and skate in the neighborhood or to go snowboarding you know i love playing you know i love enjoying all that life has to offer, you know what I mean? I, I really do like, like really revel in it. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, I, I revel in, 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 in just those kinds of like, just pure joy moments. You know, I, I, I yeah. that's where I try to live, but it can, it can be a little exhausting. <laughs> trying yeah. to be, 
<laughs> I always questioned it. You know, we went to church infrequently when I was a kid and, and, and I was baptized Greek Orthodox. My mother's Greek, you know what I mean? So that made sense. I don't know what it means. You know, to this day, I don't know what it means to be Greek Orthodox, you know, but it's because she left. My dad was Lutheran, uh, but we never went to Lutheran church. So I don't know what that really means to be Lutheran. Uh, and then when we did go to church with my stepmother, it was oftentimes uh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like if we went with, we sometimes we would just end up at a church where, you know, we were the only white people at church. And there was like a band playing and I had never fucking seen that before. You know what I mean? Like that's new, you know? And, 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 uh, so we, she took us through it. There were a lot of different little weird experiences with church when I was a kid and, and, uh, my, you know, my brothers and sisters, they, they still talk about it, but my big sister used to read revelations to us, you know, the revelations from the Bible, you know what I mean? Like mm. shit out of you, you know what I mean? That, yeah. it's horror stories that's what we got we got revelations because it's real it's gonna happen and um and so i i don't know man i, I when i went to the I, did, I stopped believing in anything when i was a teenager there was no god there's no devil there's none of that stuff because nobody was coming to help us out of our situation in my mind you know what i mean we, we did a lot of praying me and my brothers and sisters and like you know mom never showed up nobody else ever showed up you know i and uh, and so I kind of gave up on it. And I was even the guy that used to be on the airplane saying, God doesn't have the balls to crash this airplane. God doesn't have the balls to give me a total malfunction. God doesn't have the balls to do this thing. And, and other guys would be like, oh, my God, this fucking don't. You know? and, uh, and I would argue with guys and I would insult guys their religious beliefs and I would I would tell them that they were full of shit and it was all fairy tales and stuff like that. And, and then um somewhere along the way i i realized that like i don't even know if it was a definitive moment i don't i don't know that it was a definitive moment i think that it was a, a gradual it had to be it had to be a gradual thing because if anybody ever confronted me and said you know ah this is real and you got to believe in it i was like f you it was really like through my own self-study through studying philosophy of other people, through, you know, reading everything from, you know, Sun Tzu to, to, to samurai uh, uh, philosophy and culture, Paulo Coelho, you know what I mean? I read a lot of different philosophies. And, and, and of course, you know, I always, even when I didn't believe, would study and read up on the Bible just so I would, could argue with guys. You know, I can remember telling the Ranger Battalion, chaplain that there were helicopters and revelations of the bible and he was like what chapter and i told him i was like i was like this is where you find it they talk about the locusts and then the, the, la 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 and i told him that the locusts that descend on the earth are really helicopters and all this and, and all the verbiage was there and he was like there's something wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> and 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 i, I as a, as a medic i could i i and i talked about this a little bit yesterday on a, on a different podcast but i could tell you how Jesus came back from the dead. 
And I would break it down and I would explain it in terms of tactical emergency trauma care, manageable causes of death on the battlefield. You know, I'd be like, this is what happened. You know what I mean? If, the, if, you, if This is what happened. This is what we know happened. You know what I mean? So based on all of those things, how could he have survived this? And then I'll break it down. I'll break it down. And, 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 and uh, a lot of people don't like it. You know what I mean? And, and, but it's what worked for me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that I don't believe in the philosophy. I don't believe in, in the language. I don't believe in, in the idea that, you know, it, for me, if you change all of the uh, words God to like love, you know, we're all children of love. You know what I mean? Then it makes sense. You know what I mean? It, it, it all it makes better sense. And, and then I come back to kind of those 10 basic rules, you know, the, the 10 commandments or whatever they are. They're kind of universal. It's all about like not fucking up your community. If you bang your neighbor's wife, you've just fucked up the whole community. If you lie, you steal, you cheat, and, and, you, and, and you bear false witness and all those things, you're fucking up the community. You know, when, when Moses came down from the mountain, he just needed 10 solid rules that these knuckleheads could remember. And that's what, he, that's what he put together. And he's like, you know, I think that if we follow these 10 basic rules, everything will work out. And so I kind of, like, for me, my spirituality uh developed over time and it's not about it's not about god it's not about like this idea of god it's not about a, an entity so to speak it's about an energy it's about to me it's about the earth it's about the life force to me my spirituality has to do like with when i die i'm going to decompose and then give life to something else mm. what i leave behind is a feeling that's it and that's heaven or health to me the feeling that you leave behind and, uh, you know, like Hitler, okay? how would you describe the feeling that that guy left behind? Well, his legacy is so incredible. Yeah, that guy's that guy is condemned to hell forever. His name forever will be synonymous with fucking atrocity, with yeah. being a monster. You know what I mean? Whether or not he actually did anything himself. Like, did he, do you think he actually physically did any of the things that he ordered other people to do? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. But, like, here's the thing. For all that stuff, you deserve to be condemned mm. to that hell for the rest of your eternity, in my opinion. And that's what it is. To me, that's what it is. The, what name you make for yourself, the legacy you leave behind, the feeling that you leave with, with, your, uh, 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 with your loved ones, and with the people that you surrounded yourself with, that's going to be heaven or hell. You know what I mean? And 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 for the most part, people leave behind a pretty good feeling. You know what I mean? Their loved ones love them in spite of or because of their flaws and and because of everything that they brought to the table. And then and then some people, you know, to me, the purgatory is, you know, that's those are the people that that um, that are uh, unfortunately pass along. You know what I mean? And that's how my spirituality uh, uh, kind, mm. of, kind of works. You know what I mean? So I think about my sons. You know, I think about, you know, maybe my grandchildren in the future. I think about, you know, uh, my name is synonymous with a lot of bad, a lot of bad things. But hopefully for the most part, you know, I leave behind at least a, a, a hint of a good feeling. You know, in the in the people that uh, that I loved and cared about, that that's what matters to me. You know what I mean? And and to and to be able to honestly say at the end of my life, like I had a good time, man. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who's like, man, my life sucked. I wish I had. 
Yeah. You think it's uh, you know that that, that classic uh, that classic Hunter Thompson quote, you know, arriving at the arriving at the grave and a beat up body, going, man, that was fun. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point, man. And uh, you know, but you know, obviously, uh, you know, not being an asshole along the way, you know, being nice to people and, and being you know, somebody at some. Point. Of course, yeah, of course, man, yeah, of course. But trying yeah. to minimize, trying to minimize that. Um, I enjoyed it for a really long time. I <laughs> like when I was at the pararescue school behind the scenes, you know, I am the way that I am with the other instructors and the homies and stuff like that. When I was an instructor at the para, I enjoyed being the guy that the students were like, fuck, oh, I, I hate this guy. I, I, I loved it. I loved being the most despised and hated instructor. I like, let's go run 10 miles. I'm like what? Why? Because I just want to fucking make you hate me. That's, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, despise me because I used anger as, as as fuel for a really long time, and the more you hated me, the more I hated you back, and the and the, and the more you hated me, the more I just wanted to crush you. You know what I mean? And and and, and if you were busy hating me, if you and, and this is an old army theory, if you're busy hating me for crushing your nuts, well then you got ten or fifteen homies on either side of you with crushed nuts too, and you can all hate me together. That can be the first thing you do as a team. Is hate me, and uh, and it seemed to work out for the most part. <laughs> for the most part, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, like we we've taken up so much of your time. Well, are you are you okay for time or? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, we got COVID. You know, I'm working from home. I just got back from uh, from uh, Montana yesterday, so today is kind of a uh, what do you want to call it a a comp day. You know, I, I was busy through the weekend, so I'm kind of giving myself a little comp today. That's good, that's good. You were uh, yes. you were speaking to Andy, weren't you, up in Montana? Andy stumped, and I don't want to steal any steam from his podcast. You no, know, no, so of course. Not cross over too much, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so, you were on you were, you were on his podcast yesterday. I was uh, okay. Yeah, I was on the uh, podcast yesterday. And we talked for three hours. You know, me I and would, uh, I would, uh, you know, that is. For us, that is fucking hilarious. Why? You know, because you were speaking to Andy Stumpf yesterday, and now you're speaking to Ali and Chris from Scotland. That's fucking bizarre. That's insane. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. I actually lined it up like that on purpose. I'm like, I had a few podcast requests, uh, especially right after the uh, the incident, Ali. You, you know, <laughs> after the incident, some people were like, we got to talk to this guy. He's fucking angry. <laughs> and, uh, so, and, I, and I gotta admit that's you know that's why Andy reached out to me as well is because uh, you know what happened with this guy on Instagram and how kind of angry I got about it like I said there was a lot of activity and I don't know how it got deleted I don't know how it got it deleted off my thread you know my mm. my total like crack back at this guy where I was like I'm gonna rip your heart out and shove it down your throat and re-engage it so that you live <laughs> i think it was like i'm shove my hand up your ass there's something like that i don't know it was, uh, it was it was quite graphic and descriptive and we yeah, yeah yeah and uh but anyway um yeah I, I that's how i got in contact with andy some guys contacted me from a fuel stop chat that i think i'm doing later this week there's a couple other things and and i was like okay i'm gonna do all these podcasts in the week because Originally, I had a plan to announce something, <laughs> but oh. that's it's been like delayed. So okay, okay, uh, that makes uh, sense. That makes is sense. this uh, is this TV stuff or? No, this is something that uh, I've been working on independently through my production company with my wife, Monkey Fist Films. Oh, okay. Um, okay. 
we did a documentary about her family's business, uh, the marijuana factory out in uh, California. And it, you know, it's something that's relevant to our culture now. You know, you got all these marijuana grows that are opening up and, you know, her family happened to own a dispensary with five licenses. And then when it, when, you know, when uh, marijuana went full recreational legal, they opened a 25,000 square foot indoor grow. And the process has been interesting to say the least. And, and we filmed for about, I think total kind of interspersed about two years, you know, collecting mm -hmm. footage here and there. We brought in a, a, a guy that I knew who I had worked with before to do a lot of our cinematography and, and co-producing. It's a legit three person production. We brought in a sound guy one day to do uh, <laughs> audio interviews. And then I edited the entire thing myself. We used free download music from Epidemic Sound, you know what I mean? And and uh, and we kind of put together this hour-long documentary. And awesome. we submitted it. I think we were in a rush to get it done. We submitted it to a pretty big film festival. It didn't get picked up. But it was kind of one of those things where you're like, I'm glad that it didn't get picked up. Because, you know, you, you set it aside for a couple months, you come back to it, and you're like, oh, man. Oh man, I need to fix this, that, that, and the other thing. And so we, you know, so we were able to do that. And it's it's right there. But the problem is like, what platform now? Mm. What platform, like, what direction do you want to take this in? Like, here you are, you're an independent production company. You've done this all yourself. You know, do you do you try to sell it to Netflix, where you get pennies on the dollar for all your work and your investment and 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 all that stuff do you try to take it to amazon or one of these other you know social media platform or, or these uh, streaming platforms or where do you go in a, a freaking totally crazy direction like OnlyFans, you know where you keep 80 percent of revenue but like now uh, are, are you a pornographer are you monkey fist films people might get the wrong idea <laughs> I'm, uh, i am i am excited to uh to, to, to watch it. I'm not sure I want to sign up to OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, at least it gives people a, a reason to say that that's why they're on OnlyFans. I don't want to have to go to, you know, to, to get a new mortgage in a couple of years' time and have to explain to the, the, the mortgage right. advisor yeah. why I have an OnlyFans yeah, well, uh, subscription. How, think about the story, though, Mike. So why have you got an OnlyFans? Well, me and Ali had a podcast and we spoke to Will Willis, who used to be on Forged and Fire. <laughs> He did this documentary yeah. called Marijuana Factory, and the only place he could get it launched because of the pandemic was OnlyFans. So, yeah. and they're like, okay, but why are you still subscribing three years later? Oh, I yeah. mean, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's, it's another thing. I mean, and I know a lot of people out there in the industry are looking at the directions that the industry is going in. Like there have been a lot of changes. COVID compliance has kind of changed how quickly anything can get done or, or, you know, there's just a lot of rules and restrictions and stuff like that. And I, I think that this is really, you know, we have a period of time in here as, as an entire globe, you know, with, with how everybody is able to put together content now. That it's really an explosive storytelling era. You know what I mean? Everybody's got some little story to tell. It's just about 
and, 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 and there are people making money off of these little stories. I mean, all the stuff that I put up on Instagram or, or, or YouTube, you know, I don't charge anybody for that, but somebody's making money off of it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's got to be kind of annoying. Like when you're putting like content out there and somebody's making money off of it, but it's not you. You're like, well, you know, how do you well, even stop that or what do you do? Or... And again, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, when I first, uh, I did, I never, I had like a Facebook, but it was mostly to keep up with homies. Somebody, somebody reached out to me and offered to be my social media manager and, and built up this whole Facebook fans page and they were supposed to maintain it, but then backed out. And then I'm like trying to maintain something that I don't even really understand that much. And, and, uh, and, and then you, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to be looking at this thing all day long. You know so what I mean? And, I, and you can see how these guys that make money off of their brands and stuff like that are just on this all day long. You know what I mean? And it, and it consumes every moment of their lives. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. But I do want to tell stories. Yeah. So I do the stuff that I do on Instagram just for fun, for my own peace of mind. It's cathartic for me. You know what I mean? And I know that I have... You know, I have friends that reach out to me like uh, from all over the place and they talk to me about what's going on with them. And 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 when I hear their stories and I know that their stories that are shared, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Because if he needs to hear it or if he needs if he needs some some uh, sort of somebody to lean on, then there's somebody else out there that definitely needs somebody to lean on. That's going through similar things. And if, and if you can get those people to connect on that level. Well, now we're learning to lean on each other and, and then eventually we'll all stand on our own, but with the common understanding that like I wouldn't have been able to do it without this person to my left, to my right, to my front, to my rear. You know, we all got to we all got to uh, we all got to stand together. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it takes it takes all of us working together and in the veteran community, especially with the transition, you know, being as as effed up as it is right now for most veterans. Um, in the veteran community, that's even more important. It's even more important that guys support one another. Yeah, yeah point each other in the right direction. Like, make sure you don't call your boss a dickhead. You know what I mean? In the military, you're, like, Sir, you're, you're kind of being a dickhead. You're, you're getting trouble. You know what I mean? You have to do some push-ups, or or you might even get an Article 15, but they they can't fire you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They, they can't fire you, and, and and like, hey, that was disrespectful and insubordinate, and. And then the next day you're doing your freaking job and you're doing exactly what he told you to do and, and you move on and you're over it. I like that idea that you can get drunk with your boss and tell him whatever you want and he can't hold it against you. That might be but I like it. I tried to fight it doesn't work in the United States. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't can't disagree with any of that. You know, I love the uh I love the phrase, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all ships. You know, I really love that. I love that phrase. It's such a, a, a nice phrase. What? A, a rising tide lifts all ships. Does what? Lifts, lifts all ships. Lists? Lifts. L I F for folks. Lifts. 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 Yeah. Gotcha. Lifts. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love... See, that's a, you know, two hours in and right at the end. The old uh, Scottish accent kicks in there, and uh, have we uh, been talking for two hours? Yeah, yeah, nearly. Yeah, yeah an hour fifty. We've been recording oh, for. Oh my god, dude! And this I'm, is uh, I'm having some. Uh, I'm having some chair issues here. My I just said. Broken. I was about to say for anyone that's just on audio, you nearly <laughs> missed Chris. As we started talking about OnlyFans, Chris, I think C 
arm did it burst or something? Because I just saw yeah, you go sideways. The plastic brake's broken, so I'm not. Oh. I'm not going to set up. Twisted over there, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to. Well, look, well, like Bella, Bella Thorne made two million dollars in a week. Yeah. You crazy know what money. It? Crazy money oh, uh, on that platform. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you know, it's you know the sex workers. You know they were very happy about it. Um, but are you kidding me right now? What's happening? Did you just I have a picture chair? No, my chair just broke. Look, the it's whole the, thing. Yeah, the fucking side broken. It's all broken. That's a camping chair. Kneeling your soul right now, though. Uh, I'm now kneeling. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. That? Now, do you are you like fuck, man? Maybe a diet. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely need to sort that out. That thing back around, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, I don't know. Now I've completely. I've been talking about diets and, and only fans, broken chairs. Now I've completely. Oh man, like subject matter could go anywhere. You you never know, man. Uh, and like. Again, the OnlyFans thing is like, you know, I, you think about Tropic Thunder, right? That movie Tropic Thunder. Did you yeah, ever see yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Where Jay Baruchel is actually talking about like the evolution of the industry and how the, you know, the entertainment industry and how they format things for release generally follows whatever's working and porn. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, all the way up to streaming. DVD, yeah. VHS, all that stuff, you know, it, it, you know, this the first thing that I ever streamed off the internet may have contained nudity. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you know there's all, there's also we've spoken about this before that there's that like Chris is saying, Chris rarely watches TV like we watch TV growing up. Mm -hmm. And like my kids who are like 11, uh, 17 and 18. They've kind of grown up in an internet world, so they're used to watching. Like for me, I go to YouTube to watch predominantly a two-minute funny clip of someone falling over. Yeah. Whereas, whereas they go and watch hours of like shows and stuff that are just on YouTube. Whereas I still sit down, you know, and again, for as I say, I'm a Forged and Fire fan, so I used to sit down on a, a Tuesday night at 9pm to watch the new episode of Forged and Fire over here in Scotland. Right. My kids have no concept of that. They're like, just just wait for it and then watch it whenever you want. And I'm like, no, no, no. That was like when I grew up, there were certain shows that you'd be like, I'm yeah. going in from playing because I want to watch this show at 6 p.m. And or, it was your only shot. Yeah, yeah. because and then it was gone. And, and you had the cartoons in the morning and the cartoons for about an hour after school. And yeah. that was that was all you had. It was the format we had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I think it was worth But nowadays kids are like yeah it's on youtube yeah it's on snapchat yeah it's on tiktok i don't know i don't want to know if my teenage boys are watching only fans we'll just brush over that but if they 100%. are they're watching only fans 100 percent are 100 it's like one time one it's time someone asked me gratification one, work yeah one time someone asked me would you be annoyed about your teenage boys buying pornography and i said fuck yeah you can get the best stuff for free on the internet <laughs> i'd just, just be annoyed about them paying for it but, yeah. They're so used to those, as you're saying, well, those streaming platforms, those digital platforms, that they don't think someone that just has a YouTube channel, like you were talking, Chris, you know, Jake and Logan Paul. Yeah. You know what I mean? They are from YouTube. They, they became famous from YouTube. Yeah. Here's where, it get, here's where it gets interesting, okay? So I have a, you know, a younger cousin who really got into being a fight fan because of the, you know, KSI fighting whatever one it was, Logan Paul. Jake Paul, Logan Paul. So 
then if you know a lot of you know a lot of the purists you know get get pissed off because they're saying these guys are ruining boxing. But then if he gets into watching you know Canelo fighting or Terence Crawford, that that can only be a good thing, right? Because he's yeah. they've, he's you know they've brought somebody into the sport, so. Um, it's easy to hate on them because these young guys are getting paid obscene amounts of money and they're not talented. But, but I was going to say on the flip of that though, Chris, where we grew up and probably yourself will as well, we we all grew up at some point listening to the radio and those radio DJs were famous for just doing this and talking. No other skill. But uh, they were famous. Uh, Daily uh, from MTV fame, that's how he started. He started on the radio. Yeah, and then and then he moved on to uh, you know doing uh, VJ for for MTV, and then he and then he became a talk show host. You know what I yeah. mean? Like radio was a big deal back in the day. Yeah, so uh, I suppose it's their generation of radio DJs as YouTube stars. I'm uh, I'm almost certain that all of the radio DJs that we listened to growing up, Ali, are probably in jail for hundred percent pedos for, for for doing indecent things. Yeah, <laughs> almost all of them. That is um, true. That is true. That was their one be, talent. That seemed to be a thing uh, in the eighties and in, in the UK. Uh, but, but yeah, um, yeah Howard Stern. You know what I mean? Howard Stern, famous radio DJ. You could uh, Wolfman Jack. You could become a, your voice, Casey Kasem, who did. I was going to say, we remember Casey Kasem from the US yeah. Top Ten on a Saturday morning. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, like you when you were a radio personality back in the day now like mario lopez still does stuff for uh you know for some of the radio stations in la there's still some guys that like do gravitate to radio and there's still some voices that have notoriety but i think it's just locally you know what i mean it's not like well, wolfman jack when i was a kid was a national sensation everybody knew who wolfman jack was everybody knew who howard stern was everybody knows and nowadays it seems like podcast is the thing yeah. you know However, like for you guys, I mean, like you're you're the the silly goose podcast, and and like you've got a following and people that buy into it, and it, right? It's the silly goose podcast. That's silly goose gang, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Silly goose gang, yeah. And then and then like Andy, Andy Stump. I mean, his podcast is it's like the modern talk radio is what it is. You know, it's the it's the new NPR. Yeah, definitely. What what was um what was that what was interesting is you know. I, Somebody was somebody was talking. It was somebody was on a television program I, I'd seen. I must have been at my parents' house watching it. And somebody was talking about TikTok being ridiculous. You know, TikTok's ridiculous. And I have no interest in TikTok. You know, and they're saying it's ridiculous because you know it's just these kids. It's just these kids dancing. You know, trying to be famous, dancing, and 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 you know, trying to get fame without doing any real work and all that. And then you know, somebody younger who you know said, well, you know, wasn't that what Soul Train was? Soul Train. Wasn't that what that was? Yeah, maybe. It's, it's, you know, American Bandstand, Soul Train, you know, all those dancing yeah. shows. Yeah, I mean, it could have been. Isn't that what it is? The same thing, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I maybe. My wife loves TikTok. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand that. I just I don't. At Kilo Whiskey on TikTok, she, she puts up a good time. And here's the thing. She's always trying to bait me into She uses me like a prop. This is the problem. <laughs> like, I'm 46. She's a few years younger than me, and like I'm, I'm always, I always end up in the background of her video, or she convinces me to do something I don't want to do, and I'm like, you got one shot at this, and that's it. Like, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't necessarily get it. What I like about TikTok though is it seems like there's almost like 
there's a bunch of older people that are almost like making fun of their kids by getting on there and intimidate uh, and, and imitating them. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a, there's there's like grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads that are out there and they do their own TikToks. Those are those are like my favorite things. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the little TikToks where where the parents or somebody older who probably I shouldn't they shouldn't be on TikTok who probably is like fuck it, man. Like I'm, I'm gonna make a TikTok video and and they do it. It's like okay, that's kind of hilarious. It's amazing, you know. I, like that's what I like about it is that nobody's trying to take it too seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if you can't make a living off of it, that's great. I don't know how, tell me how, how, how did that happen? <laughs> how are you pulling nickels and dimes out of the air? Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting thing where people can make these, these crazy livings from doing this stuff. I mean, me, me and Ali got a, a sore next t-shirt each and we thought we were the fucking Kings of the world. Yeah. A t-shirt. We got a, like, a t-shirt each. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so you know how these kids are making seven figures from you know TikTok or 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 you know Instagram. I have no idea, but it's, uh, I don't know. When I was studying up on OnlyFans, there there are people out there making five grand a month off of pictures of their feet, like just changing socks on camera. I'm like, yeah. we, we had how many, gen- how many gen- video of me changing my socks? Like, yeah, we right now. <laughs> I know. I, I know a few hey. people that. A few people where I work, and I won't name names just in case, but they they all go on an app called PayPig, P-A-Y-P-I-G, PayPig. And it's basically where guys will sign up to get girls to send them abusive, condescending, horrible messages and pay for it. And these girls go to, back before COVID, they'll go to nightclubs. And when they got to like one in the morning, they'd be like, shit, we're running out of money. And they jump on the app and someone would be active at one in the morning looking for girls to give them abuse. And they would be like, send me a message saying this. And they'd be like, okay, transfer $10, you know, £10, you know, $15 to my account. Here's my details. And they would send them the money. And then they would all record like a 30-second video going, you're fat, you're disgusting, no one loves you, you're so horrible. And, and then they would do it like three or four times. And that would keep their money coming in for the night. Yeah, but why? I don't understand the psychology behind that. I, I'm sure that there's. I'm not a doctor. I don't understand the psychology. I don't understand why somebody would do that. I, I usually got that at the club anyway. You know? <laughs> you're yeah. you're disgusting. You're drooling all over yourself. You smell like garbage. And I saw you just stand up off the bar floor. I'm not going home with you. Get the f out of my face. Like you're terrible. Yeah. Like, that sounds. That sounds. That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. I don't like that. I, that's a, that's a weird thing. But I mean, hey, what you know? What there's there's an app out there called Cameo that I know that a lot there are some people that use and and they send out paid messages and happy birthdays and and stuff like that. And it's just yeah. the least personal thing yeah. Yeah. in the world, man. And I get requests, and, and, and they're like, "Hey, man, can you wish my dad a happy birthday?" and and it's not that I don't want to do it. I want to do it. I want to. I, I wish that I knew your father better, so I wouldn't feel awkward while I was singing, you know, "Happy Birthday" in Portuguese to him or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and, and, and again, it's not to be a dick. I mean, like, hey man, happy birthday to anybody whose birthday it is out there. But you know, your birthday should be celebrated. You, you should you should be saying thank you to your mom today. You should be like, thank you, mom. Fuck, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I apologize to your parents on your birthday because you 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 put them through hell. 
That's what a birthday should be all about. It should be celebrating your parents for bringing you into the world and 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 and, and shepherding you into into whatever birthday you made it to. You know, isn't isn't it, isn't it a, a strange thing that someday you know what would make a, a you know a person's birthday is having somebody from TV that they don't know say happy birthday to them. Like that would make it's a strange thing. I mean, like, look, anytime anybody says happy birthday to you, it's great. Like, thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate yeah. it. But like, to, to get a hug from a loved one and for them to say happy birthday, you know, that should be what means the world to you. You know, not reaching out yeah. to, you know, somebody that you don't know, you know, so that you'd be like, hey, man, send my, send, send my dad a happy and, and again, it's, I, I, you know, I, I just feel guilty about it. You know, I feel like I'm taking, you're paying me. To, to send this sentiment that is now manufactured. You know what I mean? I don't know your dad. I mean, he could be a horrible person, or I don't know yeah. that. And, and now here I am, and you're paying me to say, just to say happy birthday. To me, I, as, a, as, a, as a person, I, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, fuck it, dude, you're a dumbass. You're a mm -hmm. dumbass. That's free money. Like, why aren't you doing that? But to me, I'm just like, I can't be. It compromises my integrity in some way. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, it, it just happened. Uh, it just happened here quite recently. Um, there was a guy who was on like the X Factor, uh, Wagner, Wagner. Wagner. Yeah, and he, you know, someday, you know, there's, there's there's a football thing, soccer thing over here between teams and. You know, a player had died from a motor neuron disease, and somebody had paid this guy to sing a birthday song about the guy who had died. And it was really horrible, and then it becomes like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? What you know? Then the guy have to apologize, saying, "I'm sorry, I didn't know, I didn't research it. It's my fault." And you're going, yeah. this just gets messy, and it's it's just, you know, what what yeah. is this? And again, I'm not trying to badmouth anybody that's doing it. It's just not for me. You know what I mean? It's, it's not for me, and and I, and I can appreciate the sentiment behind it, but I think it's better expressed in a different so way. This this is um uh, you know uh, you know a similar a similar kind of thing. Uh, well, as you know, two people that we have asked to come on the podcast uh, had asked for a fee. You know, say so that you know you know there's a fee involved. You go, okay, cool, that's fine. Uh, we we're not paying a fee. Uh, Number one, we, we you know we can't afford to spend money on that, and, and number two, I don't want to. You know, somebody, you know, it's, you know, to me, you know, paying somebody a fee to do a podcast is like it's like paying for a prostitute. They don't yeah. really want to do it. They're doing it, you know, because I'm getting money. You know, it's not it's the same thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a little strange when money starts to get involved in these transactions like this. It becomes like, what is this now? Well, the traditional philosophy behind the prostitute is that you, you, you're not paying for sex. You're buying a nice lady a ride home. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any experience with prostitutes, well. So I mean, I'll take your word for that. I just made that up. It's it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it really. It's really just an abomination of another yeah. thing that says you. You don't pay them to have yeah. sex. You pay them to leave. I. I, I think that that's yeah. the traditional thing. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, I. I mean, if you if you engage your guests on a podcast like that, and you're just paying them to leave. I mean, I guess you get what you get, you know. Yeah, and, and um, you know, and and you know, the point was, you know, me and Ali said the same thing. Like, you know, we get it. If that's how you make a living, um, and I'm not hating on you, if that's how you make a living, cool. But that, you know, we're not doing that. That's simple as that. 
Yeah. Well, there's always the waiver too, you know, somebody, somebody, the odd podcast will send over a waiver and like, uh, you know, to release themselves from any kind of liability. And I'm like, no, nah, let's just be grown men about it. I'll say what I say and you say what you say, and we'll be responsible for the things that we say, you know what I mean? And, and let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, you yeah. said before, before the podcast, I always say before the podcast, look, say what you want. You can swear, you can say what you want. We don't mind. Well, until a, point, platform, until, yeah, until a point, if somebody, if somebody came on here and said, yeah. you, know, yeah, you know, Hitler really wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> uh, what did you just say? I have yeah. to stop. There's certain points where you go, okay. What, when he was five. Yeah, we wouldn't stop them saying it, but then we would come after them and, and challenge them on it at the same yeah. time. Do you know what I mean? We wouldn't, we wouldn't censor them beforehand saying, no, you can't say that, because yeah. I would rather they say that so we can rinse the fuck out of them on the internet. Yeah, I had a, I had a Canadian uh, a Canadian guy went to my film school and he was in our writing program and he was he was a young guy and he was a Canadian uh, Canadian comedian he was a comedian and he was in my writing program there were only eight of us two of us were veterans and 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 he decided that he thought it would be a great TV show to do like a little Hitler. Little Hitler, like as a kid, you know, like like a comedy animated sort of TV show. <laughs> I was always, I was always, I mean, I, I was on pins and needles, just waiting for like what was going to happen next. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing, man. Like, there's comedy, and then there's some dark comedy. You know, and and I try. It didn't really go over that well. I think he actually shifted gears about halfway through when he found out that like some of these jokes just weren't landing. You know what I mean? And, and no matter how callous you are, I mean that shit happened, and that shit's yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. And and uh, and 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 it's hard. It's not something that's easily joked about. You know what I mean? Even even in the context where you're not even. You're not even joking about, you know, uh, genocide. You know, you're just trying to tell jokes about how Hitler became who he is. It's always there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. always there. And it's just not something that's easy to uh, to laugh about. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah. I don't, know where, I don't know where we were going with that, but like. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at this point, we're, at this point, we're, we're in un, un, uh, you know, uncharted territory. We are, we are two, two plus hours in and, uh, you know. There's no way Stick around this longer, or, or do I just talk too much? No, I don't. I mean, generally, what happens, uh, and yeah, you know, certainly, you know, Matt Vincent was another one. Matt Vincent, we did two hours with quite constantly, but you know, certain people, uh, certain people, you know, they just it just comes a point naturally in the conversation where you go, "This is done." There's not yeah. really much to say now, you know. You know, you like, like, uh, like Matt Vincent. Oh, I like to talk. I'll, I'll bullshit about anything. There was a lot of waiting around, and you didn't get the bullshit about whatever you wanted the bullshit all the time. You had to become an expert in all bullshit. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, you know the set. You can tell uh, Matt was the same. Uh, you know, Jason Gardner was the same with it. You can tell when somebody speaks for a living, yeah, because they're just they're just good at having conversations. Uh, and then you know you get certain people who who take half an hour to warm up. Uh, and it's you know some people uh, some people you know if you ask them you know you know well, you know what's your favorite color red next question you know it's, it's just you know it's, it's, you know there's just there's nothing you know yeah. there's no there's no extra meat to the to the to the answer and it you know becomes quite challenging and then you get people like you who just uh, 
you can say something and you just run with it. And it's, it's super easy. Give me something. Give me give me a word. I'm gonna see what, what we come up with. Let's just let's just do an experiment. Here we go. Say any word. The first word that comes to your mind. CrossFit. What? CrossFit. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Rhabdomyolysis. Fuck that. Rhabdomyolysis. Okay. When 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 the okay. I was I I became a professional personal trainer. You know, at one point in my life, I was in between shows. I was in college. I was trying to make some money, and I was a professional personal trainer for about I don't know seven months or so until they fired me for not wanting to. Well, I fired some of my clients. I was like, I don't want to work with this person anymore. I, I, I was like, go, go, go find a different trainer. But anyway, uh, here's what I think of CrossFit. I, I think that the intention is there. I think that the high intensity interval training is something that absolutely works if you do it the right way. What's missing from CrossFit is temperance. You know what I mean? You cannot go into a CrossFit gym, you know, having never done CrossFit before and try to pull off the workout of the day in record time. You know what I'm saying? There are specific movements. There are ways that they do things, even their pull-ups, even the way that they do pull-ups is different than like what we learned in the military. It all became about inertia and motion and all this other stuff. And like, look, if you can do it, if, if you can get into it and you can, uh, you can, uh, uh, uh kind of train your body to do, you know, the CrossFit thing, then that's fine. But on the flip side, I don't want to do a hundred reps of anything. I, mean, I, won't, I don't want to do a hundred reps of push-ups now. Now you want me to grab a 30 pound dumbbell and like just rep. That's how I tore my supraspinatus, man. Like doing a CrossFit workout with my homie, Justin Shook. No, Justin, no, no. No, never again. Like, I don't do that stuff. Uh, and Justin was a professional adventure racer for a while. He convinced me to go on and do a 50-mile a, a adventure race with him. No, never again. I've done it, but fuck that. Fuck CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, now I'm into I'm, – I'm more of that Rocky – remember the movie Rocky Balboa? Yeah. We're going to focus on just being thick and, thick and mean. Thick and mean. Thick and mean. Let's make some hurting bombs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it was. You can't run. You were arthritis in your knees. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> just mean. Uh, and, and you know what? Larry Doomlau said it the best. Never trust a guy that's good at running, like too good at running. <laughs> because when the shit starts, somebody who's good at running is going to run. Fat and old people have to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you just you just seen you just seen me you just seen me break my chair, man. So listen, <laughs> if it ever comes down to it, well, I, I you know I'm going to stand with you, buddy, because you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh, what, what, what a conversation you had. Yeah, you know, I I I I can't remember what we even spoke about. I can't even remember where to go now because I can't remember what we spoke about. Well, we talked a little bit about MMA fighting, uh, you know, being kids who grew up in a different era. We talked about, you know, radio DJ. I mean, we we covered a a pretty broad spectrum of of things. We talked about the classic cars. I mean, should we? we, uh, Well, you have to come to Scotland. Uh, I've been to the Faroe Islands. You've been to where? Faroe Islands. The Faroes. I mean, not that far north. Um, just kind of 
up up north of Scotland, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you 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 know. So. Are you don't claim them. <laughs> uh, no, 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 we don't claim them. I think they are uh, Icelandic. Are they? Do the pharaohs belong to the Icelandic? Yeah, either Iceland or Denmark, one of the two of them. Yeah, I think they belong okay. to Iceland. But, um, but, uh, there's, there's, there's a pretty cool looking marathon on the Faroe Islands that I would like to run one day, but uh, yeah. if I'd love to travel again. But um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to think now, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to throw out, should we throw out one more word? Should we end, or, we end it with one more? Okay. One more, topic about yeah, one one more word, Ali, it's your turn. Uh, what should we go with? I I, I, I thought there'd be a good one just to finish with because I think it might be interesting. You want me to do it? Yeah, yeah. Aliens. Aliens? <laughs> Adam and Eve. I I believe, and this is part of my part of my whole like not I believe. I I this is this is my conspiracy theory, you know, my 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 beginning of the beginning of mankind conspiracy theory because I, I love a good conspiracy. Okay. Aliens. They're us. Not the indigenous people, mm. but us. You know, like, uh, like, uh, I, like, I, I, I really do believe that that there were indigenous people on the earth I, uh, before there were, in, like, the Neanderthals were the indigenous people. I, that's what I mean by that. And then I think at some point there was an escape pod. Let's just say that landed someplace that created a fully habitable environment that was called the garden of eden right we'll call it the garden of eden okay so escape pod whatever we'll call it mars okay huge freaking thing in mars human beings create a way to survive they launch escape pods boom one of them lands on the earth that's adam and eve in their little self-contained garden where they had all these rules that they were supposed to follow in order for all this shit to sustain whatever i don't care uh Think about our society now. When was the last time you saw a a teenager write something down with a pencil and pen? A long time ago. Long time ago, right? Like I can't remember. When was the last time you saw a handwritten letter? Uh, I have, I have a, a a crazy friend uh, in America who I won't name who who sent me one recently. Okay. <laughs> so, but it's rare, right? These handwritten yeah, yeah, yeah. things nowadays. Okay, so. So now you think about the evolution of language. You think about where where our languages began and and how we're transitioning into like this paperless world, and and, and we're also transitioning into this world where it's impossible for you to retain everything, every piece of information. But there is out in the world. But you have this, okay? You have this phone, and it has everything that you could ever want to know about your world in it, okay? So this becomes now your library emojis right how I, you seen the freaking like the eggplant that spits i didn't know what that was somebody had to explain to me like the spitting eggplant is like pornographic i'm like okay so like this is the new hieroglyphics is all this now imagine that the language progresses to a point where one emoji you know represents a whole different language kind of like what we have with, you know, hieroglyphics back in the day. Now, if our language continues to progress to the point where people don't write anything down anymore, there's no paper documentation, you don't even have to form the letters. You just have to poke them with your finger. Now, crash land all of that technology someplace, and it all goes away. How do you pass on 
all of that information. Mm. How do you pass it on to 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 your to your uh, to your offspring? You're in a survival situation. You know, are you, are you teaching them this? You know, are you teaching them all this stuff? What if God really means guidance on demand? <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what if the apple that's like bitten out of the back of here is really, and this isn't my, I'm, I'm actually stealing from my brother-in-law right now, but what if the apple that's bitten out of the back of your iPhone is really representative of a computer system that was used someplace else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what what if, you know, it was just all a big cyclic thing? You know, I, I like to play those games in my mind because I'm also a screenwriter. Aliens, I think it's a thing. And even my father thought it was a thing. My father, who was in the Air Force for years, was like, look, man, if you think that this entire in this entire universe with all of those stars and everything that splashed across our night sky, if you think that we are the only entities in all of that that are alive, and they have a vested interest in, in continuing to live, then you are ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Like there's science out there and you can have faith. You can have faith in the universe. You can have faith. In, I, and, I, and I, like I said, I really believe in the energy and stuff, but I also believe in the other thing too. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's all interconnected to me, man. So, uh, so, so uh, to a lot of people, it's not like heaven is a place that you like ride an escalator up and you go through a pearly gate and there's, you know, cocktails and, 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 and free cheese for days, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and hell's this place where, you know, it, like it, little Nicky, where Hitler's getting a pineapple shoved up his ass every day. Like that, that's actually happening in your vision of hell. Like that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work like that. I, yeah. Even different things, but I also believe I that think, um, here it has to be. It has to be universal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think energy is eternal. So mm -hmm. I think that's something. I think the energy. energy if you think of so, uh, if, it's you, if you, science, you, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, just transferred. Yeah. Period. That's how energy must be eternal. And 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 you know, on your on your um your point about you know you know like like talking about the phone i think somebody some, i'd listened to somebody talking about this before and they were saying if you think about if the earth was to something terrible was to happen to earth right now an asteroid was to hit or something the only people really who would survive are the tribesmen and you know the people in amazon and you know north sentinel island these guys would survive because nothing yeah. would really change for them uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, you know, I would like to think that we would, but you know, uh, you know, the, the most people who, who who work in the city and drive the Teslas and uh, you know go to Starbucks and they want those guys are fucked. They're they're not surviving. Once we go once we go back to the point where the only people around were like tribesmen, yeah. they, they would be telling you about great stories about you know these guys that had plastic in their pockets and they it, they could phone people across the country and send messages yeah. without paper and they went to the moon, you'd be going, these guys are fucking crazy. What are they yeah. talking about? Yeah. Do you know? But because those would be the only people that survive. So once yeah. it, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. Here's the thing. Nobody believed that you could harness a freaking lightning bolt. And, 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 and we haven't harnessed a lightning bolt. We've learned how to create them. You know what I mean? But there was a time where it was impossible. You know, there was a time where electricity was an impossible thing. There's no way that you could ever harness that energy and, and, or create it or whatever. You could, no way, no way could you create electricity. That's something that can only be done 
you know, by the heavens and the earth. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. You can't move faster than the speed of sound. Bullshit. We've done it freaking eight, nine, 10 times over Mach night, eight, nine, 10, you name it. You can't get to the moon. I, I personally think that we've been there. You know, we got there. We're like, ah, it's just a lot of dust here. We figure out what to do with it later and then came home. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I, I believe that human beings are curious and we're explorers and, and, and that we're creators and we continue to build on knowledge. But a lot of times it's, you know, our own egos and hubris can, I, th I think eventually will become a detriment. You know what I mean? Like you have to take into consideration the effect of, of your ambitions in the world, you know, and, and, and there are a lot of ambitious people in the world with a lot of money who want to do a lot of things. And you got to look at like what the long term effects are. And that, and that dates all the way back to like the American Indians, you know, how in the hell were the American Indians living the way that they were living when colonists showed up from Europe? You know, how, how was that working? How was there that little bit of symbiotic balance you know, between nature and, and people, you know, in all of North America, where it had gone by the wayside everywhere else. How was, how were, were those cultures so far behind or had they figured it out? They had figured it out. You know what I mean? And then the great destroyers come across the ocean and decide, Hey, you guys, you guys don't have anything figured out. It's all about uh, money. It's all about, you know, it's all about something else and, and, and kind of corrupted and, and, and invaded the, the entire country. If I was an American Indian, you know, just learning from what I learned, if aliens showed up here, I would, I would invite them to dinner, Thanksgiving, if you will. I would poison them all and I would burn down the ship. And when the next one showed up, I'd act like that. I never saw the first group. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know hindsight 2020, you know, for the American Indians, they're like, they got effed. If anybody yeah. in history got effed, it was the American Indians, the, the Trail of Tears, the, the, the moving of the Seminoles to, to the Everglades from like Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just there was there's a lot of wrong in there, in, in that. And, and here's the thing. You can't spend a lifetime apologizing for it. You just got to learn from it and move forward. Like so uh, what I learned is like when that alien ship comes up, invite them to dinner, kill everybody and then and then destroy the ship. It's probably what happened. Probably what Roswell. That is the perfect way to end this podcast. <laughs> if aliens show up, kill them. <laughs> Invite them to dinner, kill them. Kill pretend them. That they, pretend the they never show up. The ship to the ground, and then when the next one show up, act like you don't know what the hell's happening. You know when? Uh, you know. You know when people say, you know, you know what, you know what, you know what, what, what are you going to talk about, you know, because we, you know, tell a, you know, two or three people who were speaking to in advance, you know, and people say, you know, you know, what, what, you know, what are you going to speak to Will Willis about? Um, you like, you know, you know, probably TV stuff and you know, military stuff, and I never thought I'd say, you know, you know, Will's plan, you know, he plans on inviting aliens to dinner and fucking killing them all. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. not, that not one of the things that I thought about. Man, it's, it's never something that you thought that I, that I would ever say. I'm pretty sure I've said it before. You know what I mean? I, I, I have I have thought very deeply about these things that you asked for. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about it. You know what I mean? The heavily. You know what I mean? The, the aliens thing, I've thought about it heavily. Like, you know, yeah. my brain goes there. It's, I have one of those uh, brains that never really shuts off, which is why I, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's why. <laughs> I, I got to slow things down, you know. Yeah. So, 
yeah, definitely. Well, uh, yeah, that's like two and a half hours. When the documentary comes out, when it drops, it's going to be called Grow Together, a marijuana story. So make sure that you're looking yeah. out. It's a, it's a behind-the-scenes, seed-to-sale documentary uh, about the marijuana industry in California, what it's like to be a family-owned business in California and really struggle with, uh, with all of this new uh, – uh, the new laws, the new legality, the new pro, you know, coming out of this kind of prohibition era, you know what I mean? So uh, check it out. It's, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, only three of us worked on it uh, to, to great extent. And, and our one sound guy, Gabe, good job. Gabe. We'll, um, we'll uh, you know, obviously we, we, we follow you on Instagram. So, you know, once you put something up about that being out and you, you know, put a link up, we'll, we'll share it on our, on, on both our personal Instagram pages and on the, the podcast, uh, the podcast page, we'll, we'll share that everywhere for you. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll, tag yeah, it in, we'll, we'll tag it in the notes as well when we release this podcast in the next week or so as well. Well, and just for anyone that wants to find out more about you and to follow the journey onto that, where can they find you on social media? And we'll tag this in as well. Instagram is really the only place that I'm posting right now. Uh, I've kind of abandoned Facebook, left it behind. Uh, I know that there's still pages up there. I don't really respond to that stuff every now and again. Like I said, I'll talk to my pen pals, you know. Um, but uh, definitely Instagram's the way to go. And um, uh, yeah, and, and I try to respond to anybody that, that that's out there. I mean, if you're like, hey, are you coming back to Forge and Fire? Uh, you know, sure, when the aliens show up after the dinner party. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> my friend, dinner party, I go back to Forge and Fire. But the reality is, is that like, no, I mean, I've got other, you know, it was time to move on. And, and there's other things that I really wanted to do and, and that I now have the time to do. I'm really proud of what Forged and Fire became while I was there. I'm proud of the legacy that I left behind. But I think in, in, in a lot of ways, I, I think that I left it at, at the perfect time as well. You know, just, I mean? uh, just nothing else, nothing else to do on that show. Just done everything you had to do. And, and, well, I think I did everything I uh, that they'd let me do. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Like at the end of it, it, it really did come down to I got a phone call and they and 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 they were going with a different guy, and that's that's fine because I had been kind of pull you know pushing for like I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do. Everybody could feel me kind of like chomping at the bit. And, and feeling really caged, you know, really confined by it because it was very time consuming forged and fire. And it was like away from my home and my family and the things that I care about. And, and you know, and, and, you know, I had my wife with me, but, you know, it's it. At the end of the at the end of it all, I think I just. I need a change. I'm not the guy that's yeah. going to sit in the same chair for 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it must have been it must have been a long process because for like a, a what a fifty five minute episode, it must have taken hours and hours to film. Guys, by the time you get the forges up, you guys get fifty five minutes in America. They only get forty two. Uh with the oh. adverts, it ends up being like a fifty five over oh, the course okay. of it. So probably yeah, about forty two minutes. But with the adverts, yeah. it's kind of fifty. It's a lot of footage, you know. On average, they say two hundred and fifty hours of footage, and it can take anywhere from three to five days to film an episode, depending on the complications and and some of the things that we go through. So yeah, it was very time consuming. The schedule was very wonky, was up and down. Even one year, I wrote the schedule because 
you know, that they were having such a hard time cramming all of the content into, into one day. And then the schedulers weren't talking to the Smiths and the, and, you know, nobody really, you know, knew how to save time. So I created a schedule. I was like, okay, I talked to these guys. It takes this long to do this kind of heat treat on this kind of steel and yada, yada, yada. And then I had, had been there for years already. And I submitted a sample schedule of like how I thought you could do it and still give people time off for the holidays and still give people time off for new years. You know what I mean? It's military stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you communicate different departments, you find out what people are capable of, what they need. And, and then you put that into, you combine all that into something that works for everybody. And, and I, I mean, it worked, you know what I mean? But also me creating that schedule and showing them how it could be done faster, how you could cram more into, you know, less time. I think in the following seasons, everybody's like, fuck that schedule that you wrote, because now they're doing it. They're running that schedule full time. And it was pretty it was a pretty blistering pace. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of work getting done in short periods of time. And and, you know, like the crew, they're really the ones that have to do all that hustling, you know, and and I always, always give an immense amount of you know respect to the crew, you know, those guys that are moving lights, moving cameras filming the actual show the guys that are freaking you know wearing the 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 damn lower back braces the whole time carrying around freaking 40 pound camera rigs on their shoulders and and uh sweating their asses off you know the, and, and those smiths you know coming in and competing you know i mean that those those are the real stars on the set of forged and fire the clowns up front the clown show we used to call ourselves the clown force five you know when we first started it, but then everybody got so fucking serious taking themselves so seriously that, 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 you know, it turned into even more of a clown show to me. So, uh, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, I think I just got tired, tired of the same faces, tired of the, the hypocrisy, tired of the double standards and, and, you know, kind of tired of like, you know, arguing with people. And, and, and I'm sure that, and I know they got fucking tired of me because I'm like a dog on a bone if I disagree with you. And, uh, <laughs> And I won't let it go, you know what I mean? So, you know, it was it was nice. I, I appreciated, I enjoyed it. And but everything has uh, every everything has uh, its time to 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 mm. move on, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. And you know, from what I understand, the guy that stepped in, you know, he's got nice titles too. So, you know, that they, they, they should enjoy that. <laughs> That's there we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Um well yeah. I'm not gonna watch any more series. I'm a I'm a I'm a Will Willis fan. I'll I watch it. I'll, I'll you know I'll go back and watch some I, I have watched some of uh episode five. But I'll watch it. I'm not gonna watch any of the new ones because fuck the new guy. Oh <laughs> no, I'm joking. you know, I think that Grady that that you know Grady is a, you know he's I, I don't know him, so I can't say fuck the new guy. I don't know him, and I haven't watched him on TV. I stopped. I can't watch myself. You know what I mean? I don't go home and and watch Forged Empire. I know what happened. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's the same, you know, same with the podcast. But, you know, yeah. you know, I'm not listening to myself. I'm a fucking idiot. Why would I want to I listen to myself? I watch Love Island, man. I watch yeah. Love Island. That shit makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. You know what I mean? Like, that's the that's my reality candy right there. You know, what I mean? that shit is hilarious. But um, and I watch it because my wife watches it, and we can laugh together about it. But but um, you know, creatively, I think that I needed to to be able to get out and and kind of mm -hmm. tell my 
own stories and do my own thing and produce some of my own content. And I didn't, I didn't have that flexibility before. So now there's that window of opportunity that we talk about. There's that say yes to something different, you know, I mean, you know, and, and be willing to fail. Like, you know, there, there, I, I am. And I have to explain this to my wife sometimes because she's the, uh, she's the, the reins, you know what I mean? She, she puts the rain, she pulls the reins in and I'm like trying to run down the track, you know what I mean? Just like let it all out. She's like, nah, that's not how you, we got to do this. I always tell her, I always tell her like, I'm not the guy that stops at the end of the ramp and says, I'm not going to do this jump. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm the guy that points everybody else out the out the out the airport and says, "Hey, come on, we're all jumping," you know. Yeah. So it's been it, it, it's going to be it it's been an adventure for the last year. We've been very busy working on our, on our content. Uh, the 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 marijuana documentary about the family is the one that we've completed. I still have a veteran documentary that is a little bit more about me. You know what I mean? Um, it's so it's harder to edit. I'm, I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that that's also been in the works since 2016. And like, wh- where do I take that? You know, so mm. right now it's all about platform. You know, what's the next platform going to be? You know, how are we going to release this content? Who, you know, who do we sell it to? And and that's this the, this part of the business where, you know, agents and managers and, and all of these other people kind of start to creep in and they're like, oh, man, you, you let me show you how to how to do that. And I'll take 10 yeah. percent. You know, and, and, yeah. and it's almost like a necessary evil. You know, mm. I, I, like I know what I want. I can tell a lawyer or somebody else what I want and I can negotiate that stuff. But if you can't get in the room you know, to do it, or you can't introduce your stuff to somebody, that's when things become a problem. And, and that's where it's important to have those, those relationships and those contacts and, and all that crap, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot to, there's a lot of obstacles to negotiate in this business. Yeah. I could imagine. I could imagine. Um, yeah. yeah, we, 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 we are, uh, it's quite funny because um, every now and again, Ali, Ali will message me and say, you know, I just got the, uh, you know, I just got the message from uh, whoever's PA or or assistant or you know, whoever they are, or, or agent, and we're, we're okay for tonight for that. And I'm, I just laugh and go, this this is hilarious, you know, you're dealing with agents and stuff, um, and then other guys, you know, just get directly, you know, right to you like you, yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think who was the last person. It was hilarious. You had an agent. I think probably the funniest one was when we had uh, Jack Carr, the Navy SEAL that also Jack writes Carr. books. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was arranging him and I was speaking to his uh, his publicist and we'd arranged a time and locked in. And I always kind of similar to yourself, always check up a week kind of roughly beforehand. Because I appreciate people are busy and you know, we're a small podcast and people sometimes get better offers and such like. And um I was like, are we still good to go for this date and this time? And his publicist came back and said, is there any chance you could slide it up by now? Because he's needing to appear on Fox News in the preparation <laughs> for the US election. And we're like, we can probably slide for Fox News. We, we can do that. <laughs> we, can, we can do that for you. That's not an issue. See, but I would have just contacted you myself. Be like, hey, man, I got to do this other thing. Let's, you know, but I mean, yeah. but 
here's the thing. If, you, if you've got an agent, you've got to be making a certain amount of money. You know what I mean? They've got certain expectations, these guys, you know, and, and, you know, a manager is going to take a certain amount of money. And then there's always a lawyer because neither your manager nor your agent is a lawyer. And they're going to take a certain amount of money. And then, and then if you've got a publicist, they take a certain amount of money. And then you throw in your state income tax, your, your federal income tax, and you're keeping 38% of whatever you make. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm like, uh, I could do my own publicity badly. I could do my own managing badly. You know what I mean? I can answer my, I don't need an assistant. I can answer my own phone calls, which yeah. are frequent my emails, which are largely, you know, spam. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't yeah. handle all that stuff myself, you know, but, but uh, I do understand when somebody is, is big enough that there's too much on their plate. You know what I mean? There, yeah, are, yeah. there are some of these, some of these professionals in this industry that there's so much going on, they have to delegate some of their authority. You know what I mean? I don't have any authority to delegate to anybody. So it's me and my wife, you know, she's my business. Well, the, the the good news as well, if uh, if our podcast ever blows up and, and goes worldwide, and you ever want to come back on, you could just you could just message us directly, and we'll say, yeah, well, well, you can come back on, man. It's okay, cool. I'll he's come a, back. You know, anything, friend, friend, you know, Will's a friend of the show. He's 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 welcome anytime. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but... anytime. And and here's the thing, you know, for me, it's just about like I said, it's about those relationships. It's about you know, reaching out to other people and just being honest and real with who you are. Like, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the greatest TV show host in the world. I wasn't the greatest ranger. I wasn't the greatest PGA. I just tried real hard, you know, to to do stuff that was different. And 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 uh, and I appreciate you guys reaching out to me to just kind of acknowledge that and and uh, and and to participate in your thing that's a little bit different. I love that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, you know, hope, hopefully we, hopefully we didn't, uh, you know, suck too badly, and and you know what, terrible at this way, you know, we, we you know, as well, you I said, suck anything yet, but there's that beer bottle right there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I've just lost my train of thought again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got them all hot now yeah yeah well there's you know i'm 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 now literally on my knees my knees are sore because i've been on my knees for ages will's talking, about, will's talking about sucking a beer ball fucking hell well you know what you know what we'll do man um when the documentary comes out we'll 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 watch it and then we'll we'll speak to you around about then how about that that sounds great, you guys. I really enjoyed my time here today, and and I appreciate you guys reaching out to me and and letting me just kind of share share some stuff with with you guys over there in in Scotland. So thank yeah, you. Awesome. And I'm sorry about the Ireland thing. I know that's probably the most offensive part of the entire cast. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we're over it. Now. We're over yeah, it. Now. I think I think of anyone as well. We've had some. We've had some pretty awesome guests, but I think you especially will have bought into the ethos of the silly goose gang. I, I feel like you are. You 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 got the silly goose gang. If that makes sense. Thank you. I mean, I mean, I mean, anyone that says I just wish I could have partied the mangrove swamps and drowned the crackhead in the Florida streets. That's that's <laughs> silly goose gang right there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that, that, that would probably find it, uh, the majority of the things that I say offensive or, or contestable by all means. You know, sometimes I say things just to poke somebody in the eye. So, uh, you know, you never know. And, and, you know, I believe in, about half the shit I say, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but you're not but you're not prepared to say which half. Not which <laughs> Oh man. Uh right, okay. It's uh you know it's almost eleven o'clock now here. Uh That's and it's uh it's it's, it's it's my it's my bedtime. Uh so uh it was a real pleasure, real pleasure, Will, and um you know you know, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we hey, appreciate Chris, it. Ali, both of you guys reach out to me anytime, even if you just want to shoot the shit, man. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed myself here today. It was a good time. And, and, uh, and, and Chris, t- tell your kids, I said, hello. And, and I'm glad that you guys could, you know, kind of share like forged and fire a little bit. And, and Chris, you know, I, watch it. Don't watch it. You know, I enjoyed hanging out with you. I enjoyed talking to MMA and cars and, awesome. uh, you know, I think that there there was a, there was enough love spread around uh, that I'd definitely come back again. I'd definitely awesome, come back. man. That's awesome. Good to hear, man. So uh, yeah, yeah but, uh, nice but that's, that's a ringing endorsement for us. Um, Episode fifty-seven of the Silly Goose Gang podcast with Will Willis in. Let's call it done and dusted. And Will, thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. You. Oh man. I- The Silly Goose Gang Podcast.